Education traveling, really? Yep, in Atlanta, couple like last year sometime. What's up, bro? Hey, Mike Sharp be around the world, bro. That dude global. Yeah, that dude global for real, for real. He be around, around be around. But the first time I met Mike Sharp was at a MLB trade show. He was teaching the class on details. Okay. And I got there for the education, sat down in that class, and he said, "Yeah, you know, I don't want competitions." I said, "He said twenty plus something. I don't know how many. It's like twenty plus something." All right, well, I'm gonna listen to what he got to say because obviously he knows something that I don't know. So let me let me hear what he's talking about. Right. Yeah, he's a good dude, man. He's a good right. dude. Let's see. Oh, Deanna, you in the building? So I'm, man, I'm, I'm so I'm I'm us, man. I'm good, brother. How you doing? You see? I'm doing well, man. Us, yeah. He's yep. the like, brains like behind the sure. I cut my way out podcast. Okay. And he been a part of this was uh, I came on as a as a guest, similar okay. to yourself right now, and uh, we clicked, man. And he, he hit me back uh, maybe a year or so, and was like, "Hey, bro, uh, we thinking about pushing this thing further. How would you feel to be a part of it?" And I'm like, "Yo, <laughs> this is my time, my guy. Yeah, Yo. yeah, let me, let me, yeah, most definitely." So, <laughs> right. That's that he's a brain behind this man. He's he's everything that we feel like the barbering industry, a lot of what you were saying, he embodies a lot of that. You know what I mean? Okay. He's one of them guys that understands the traditional values of barbering, but he also is able to identify that it's changing. Yeah. So you have to be able to fold your traditions right. in with your adjustments. You right. know what I mean? So, this is my analogy about the change. How old are you, Ash? Okay, cool. So you understand. You understand. Oh, this Clippers, what's good, bro? I think change is um is similar to the crack era. This is why I say that. Yes, sir. Because we all old enough to remember when crack hit, right? It was like the money was right. everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like it was crazy. Like even the bummiest dude had a bag at some point. You know what I'm saying? Whether he ended up smoking it or whatever, right. but there was just so much money about right. moving around, right. right? And for those younger guys that started hustling right in the crux of the crack era, all it was was a bag. It's just right. everywhere. So now here comes a designer drip and cars with the big rims and blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah, 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 right? That's where we at with barbering because guys like us have been cutting when haircuts was $7, you understand the value of absolutely build that, right? What's up? What's up, girl? And then uh, there's guys that's 21, 22, getting out of barber school, and they're coming into a shop that's $40 off the top. So they're yeah. 
spending a $200 day off of five haircuts, their cost of living might run them 50 right. bucks a day because they're single. They eat out their pocket. It feels like, and right. so money is just different. And so what I'm trying to do with a, lot, with a lot of my younger barbers is explain to them, like, the money that you're getting right now, you really, really be paying attention to what you can do with it, bro. Because we're in a time, and I know young people don't understand this, 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 the spectrum, but we're in such a volatile time that even when you come out of this, when you have a bag, everything even more expensive. Right. If you don't take care of your money like Absolutely. right now for real, when this recession, inflation, all right. this shit get through stirring up, you're going to be shocked. Almost that. You're going to be shocked. That. For real. That's why I got so big on trying to take care of making sure people understand the business part. Because you come out of school, first thing you start thinking about is the craft. Everything is like, master the craft, master the craft. And a lot of barbers get stuck in the artistic phase of, well, man, I just got to get blurred here. Uh, even, uh, man, yeah. we talked about this today in my shop. Deanna, we was talking about Tyrone. Mm -hmm. And he was like, man, it's still $40 a cut. My chair is spinning. And he was like, that is crazy to me that you're still at $40 a cut. Like, that's why would you want to work so hard and you've earned such a prestige and you've earned a name and you've earned the demand to go up to, I'm not going to say to what price, but to be able to work at a slower pace and make equal or more money. Not work as hard. Now, if you like the hard work, then that's just a thing. But for me, after a certain time, I was like, all right, well, I'm looking at certain other barbers, and I'm like, there's barbers out here getting way more money than me that aren't as talented. The shop isn't as nice. They aren't as professional. They aren't as smart. They don't have as much to get to the client. They don't do the things I do. They're just less of a barber, to, for better, better terms. And so yeah. I'm like, okay, there has to be something going on. Because there's guys with lower skill sets getting more than me. There's guys with better skill sets that are stuck somewhere. It's not the skill set thing. Right. And that's when they clicked that, okay, there's other principles. And you start looking outside of barbering and start looking at business. Absolutely. It shows you that, oh, okay, if Absolutely. you just search a business, but most of us don't even do business. Bar. Absolutely. Like, contract, you don't have a standard operating procedures. You don't have so many things that a regular business has that will just keep it running on a regular basis we're just in their culture and hey don't do that hey don't do this and my shop was like that for a long time don't get me wrong once we grew to where we have 20 chairs we needed a system but you know what right. i think that's the value right. first and foremost that's that's the value of a guy like yourself <laughs> my bad hold on i'm just not reading my brother's comments i don't pin it oh yeah about the hairline that's why i pinned it bro i ain't want you to miss that one. they hit it right nose on the head i ain't want you to miss that one. <laughs> But uh, that's my little brother. <laughs> I think that, that that's uh that's the value of guys like yourself. That's because, like you said, a lot of times in, in barbering, especially in the shop industry, right? We have this uh this habit of just mimicking the culture. You just mimic what you're seeing somebody else do. Yeah, that's what. I'm a barber. I'm gonna be a barber. I can tell you where everybody. Ninety percent of us got our price point from this. You looked around. They charge thirty. They charge thirty. Um, I'm gonna charge 25 and charge customers. Listen, that's how they teach you, though. That's how they teach you when you're coming out of school in a, in a lot of places. To if you if you can't figure out for yourself what your prices are, what you need to do is call around to the shops in your competitive area, find out what they're charging, and you need to find out what the average price is. That's what you need to charge. That mindset is so dated. It don't make yeah. no sense. It's dated. But I tell, I tell, no I tell my students now. We like, can barely hear you. 
when I talk to him, I may have to jump on the other phone. Can y'all hear me now? Mm -mm. You said I'm going to jump off and jump back on. Hurry up. Hurry up. <laughs> okay. Come back. <laughs> but <laughs> the value in a guy like yourself, and I've seen the other guys do this too, is you went through the fire. Like you said, when you, when you guys first had your shop, y'all was like that for a while as far as like not having a standard operation uh, sheet, right? Right. Not having, um, right. you know, things Systems. in place, countermeasures counter right. in place for whatever is coming on to the shop. But once you got to the other side of that where you started to implement those things, and now you've implemented them where you see the success of it from in your shop. Right. But you went that extra mile where I just watched you with my own four eyes at a show teaching those things. Right. To the point where when I was at the show, listen, I'm just there to listen, right? right. But but you you spoke on some stuff, and like I said, when I was listening, I'm like, damn, it's 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 rare that you come to a show and somebody that's educating is educating from a realistic, grounded, achievable perspective. They're not just telling you all their accomplishments, but they're oh, telling yeah. you what the, 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 the difference is I'm not from a bigger place and I'm not a celebrity barber. To you, it's built to you. That's, that's your humble. That's your humbleness saying that. No, no. But you're not a no, celebrity no, 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 barber. No. To you. And I'm not a celebrity barber. Like I don't have celebrity clients. I've never cut a celebrity client. Right, right. Okay. I understand my influence is growing in the industry. Okay. I'm aware of that. But I'm just saying I don't have um, celebrity clients. And so I try to tell people, like, that's not necessary for success. Like, it's not. It's not like I have a, quite a few hundred dollar clients since the Jalen Rose conversation is on the table in the, in the community. Like I have a couple of those, and I'm in a very very small town, but it's the it's the value yeah. that you bring to your client. So I saw Mike on here, and he was like, "So basically, based okay, I, so I, was, I guess about I to say the first nothing. Okay, so the first thing I'm gonna say is I do agree that you should look at the market, right? Right. But I don't agree you should look at the average price around to undercut it. I think you should figure out, okay, if the average price is $30, how can I get $60? What are they doing and what can I do more to get more from the game? Like, there's no competitive advantage to racing to the bottom. It just, it just, it just doesn't. Like, one of my barbers just jumped on here. He's been swimming in my shop since he was 14. He's a 30-year-old man right now. I can tell you, we have never, ever, ever been the cheapest shop in my city, ever. We have always raised the price first, and we've always went up first. Because we understand, okay, if this is the regular, we're not regular, and we're not going to be regular. We're going to continue to do everything that everybody complains about. We're going to do not that. We're going to open up, right. be clean. We're going to do right. these. We're going to do this. We're going to do all of those things. So for us, looking at the average price point and seeing how can you double that. Right. Even if you're not comfortable with doubling right. that, cool, you're going to get somewhere in between. You're going to charge more. So the, the next question was, what justifies a price week? So, let, let, let me say something about that, too, because I'm, I'm in a small town, not a very small. It's starting to grow. Um, it's a college town as well. But I think when, when Mike asks, you know, the price point, for me, I, I look at it based on what I bring to the table, um, the quality, the professionalism, the dependability, um, because there's different mm -hmm spaces in different places for people right um there there's ruth chris right. and then there's texas roadhouse right everything ain't for everybody 
You know what I mean? So for me, that's how I look. I spent a lot of time, you know, working for organizations and companies. So that professionalism and being prompt and all those things that come with that. I know a lot of great barbers Absolutely. who didn't have those things, right? Because they had the skill, they would just come and fall in the shop when they want, leave when they want. I'm going to be there. I'm going to provide the quality. And so I started to look at the mm -hmm. rates based on what it is that I bring to the table. And I think that's important. I didn't look side by side, okay, what's this, what's this person, this person. But early in the game, if you started in a barbershop, it just went based on what the shop in and of itself was, was charging. And that was kind of the expectation in, in my community right. at one see, point. My approach to that was a lot different. You know, um, I, I, I respect both of those approaches mm -hmm. and I understand them and I agree with them in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. But my approach to it was was a whole lot different in the sense that when I came into this, I came into this uh, already in my 30s, right? Mm. And I never cut hair before. I had never been shop before. My extension of what's going on, Mike? What's up, y'all? My extension of barbering and all that. How you doing, Straight from my introduction to school. When I got in my first shop, my way of figuring out what my prices were going to be but I was trying to figure any other shops. What, what, what did I have to offer that nobody in the area offers? I'm off. I'm a Murphy. Probably never heard of. But my question was, what am I offering as a barber or as my total package that nobody in the city is offering? What am I doing differently? What takes me to work? Whatever. Back, Mike, your background is making it hard. Okay. I'm going to go out and I'm going to come back. Okay. Yeah. So what I started doing is okay. instead of going around checking other people's price points, I actually went to maybe mm -hmm. seven barbershops in my city. And I sat in them shops okay. for an hour. And I observed the shops. Some mm -hmm. of them I went in there and I got my hair cut. And I just observed what was going on. Mm -hmm. How was the the atmosphere, how was the barbers treating each other? How was they treating their clients? What type of clientele were they attracting? And I, I paid attention to it. I asked questions. I always introduced myself. Hey, I'm, I'm Nate. I'm a barber. I'm coming out of school and I'm just, you know, I'm interested in your shop. I'm just trying to see what's going on. I valued myself right? because I knew I was willing to offer so much more of a different experience than what everybody could get in this city. If you was to fall into 10 shops around me, None of them not giving you what this one is. Right. Yeah, but see, that's 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 the advantage of coming in as an adult. Like, absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, that's that that's why. So, like, uh, I was talking to one of my, my buddies the other day, and we was talking about like, if 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 hip hop, if uh, barbering was rap, who who would this person be? Who would this person be? And uh, y'all know Angel Rawls? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I was like, you yeah. talking about Angel, and I was like, Angel would be like fabulous, like the young OG. This dude been around forever, mm -hmm. but uh, if you don't know him, he's very unassuming when you see him at shows. Mm -hmm. But if you know him, you know he been in the mix. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, uh, yeah, I forgot what I was talking about with that. <laughs> um, coming into the uh, business oh, as an, uh, an adult. Coming into the business at, at a different age, and so. My analogy for myself would be I'm getting a two change run. I'm getting a Rick Ross run. I'm not I had a whole decade of being in the shop and being the best barber and blah 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 and thinking that like that was it. Like you just become the best barber where you're at and you cut hair till you 
decided not to cut hair. And then I ran into shows and classes and shit. I was like, oh, wow. I was like, oh, 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 okay. And so, like, um, Deanna was, like, part of the first show that I ever went to. So her, she's literally seen me come from this wide-eyed 30-year-old walking in the door looking at all these people that are younger than me but they're, like, way more advanced than me. And she can just see over every time my mind is spinning, like, how do I catch up? Because this is crazy to me. I thought I was at the pinnacle. Mm -hmm. and so tying it back to what I was saying initially right. was like, that's when I realized, okay, business for me is going to be the key because I'm not in a place that's going to get celebrity clients. I'm not in a place that's going to have regularly $100 haircuts. I'm going to have to be efficient in delivering the 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 highest professional experience that I can. And then, like you said, have, having a skill set that that just continues to grow and separates myself. Like right now, there's literally 10 of us in the state of Oklahoma that have the, I don't care, what, I don't know what you want to call it, from Murano or Todd or whatever, the advanced barbering, that type of skill set. There's only 10 of us in the whole state, bro, and we all know each other. Yes. Yeah. All talk, and it's like, we just talked about that. Like, there's so much value in that that we have to keep milking right. that until everybody catches up. Now, we're trying to teach everybody. So that will raise, you know, so what they say, a, raise, a rising tide, raise all boats or whatever. Absolutely. So we're trying to raise it. But those are the things that got to separate you, man. Even like uh, like I was saying, Mike was part of the first class that I ever got on tour and got to teach. To watch him. I've been doing enhancements myself for 15 fucking years. I never, okay. ever done both. It never dawned on me to do the liquid and the fiber to dull the shine of the liquid. Mm -hmm. Never. All I ever did was just spray. I started doing that. And I I never knew that that, that was a something. Oh, yeah. Mike showed it. Right I was like, "That's crazy! I never seen that in my life. I didn't know that." So a lot, a lot of that stuff is done on um, um, when you get to like movie sets and and different productions and photo shoots. Um, mm -hmm. you know, once you start getting into using color, which at a certain point that was, you know, um. Uh, mainstream that was all that was being used mm -hmm. um was just you know different different uh different color right pretty much um right. and even back then it was you know it was a little people could get you know go overboard a little bit um, right. but i learned that i actually learned that um on stage on a on, on you know on a caucasian person that had red hair that's where really? i got it from um and what was happening was the guy was on the like the lights were on and was sweating you know and i still had to you know give you know give the same thing that that you see on my page it still had i, I still have to give that same thing Live it a little. Um, yeah so i you know at that time i applied what i learned from philly which is you know we're known for you know, the precision and, and, and the nice lines and, and, and the enhancements. So I applied it. And at that time, this is when fibers were just coming out. So there weren't a lot of people using it. So I had a guy, a Caucasian guy with red hair, and I used like a medium brown, you know, on his beard and everything. And then I'm like, wow, I see the light and it's shining and I can see it. So I know that they can see it, right? 
right quick. I got to do something. Right. I already know what it does for the, for the what the fibers do for the hairline. So I mixed the Arbonne red with uh, a medium brown hair fibers. And then I went right over top of it. And it, it just matted that shine right out and blended everything back into the hair. From that point on, I was like, oh, I got something. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. Definitely. So it just looks better. But DJ, yo, I'm glad y'all talking about price point, man. So the only reason, it's one of the reasons I asked that question is because um, I actually teach every Monday um, an apprenticeship program here in Philly, um, and we have a lot, lot of people coming in to this apprenticeship program at different levels in their career. You have have some that know nothing. Um, you have some that are, you know, beginners. Yeah. You got intermediate, and then you have advanced, right? We already know what to expect from the advanced right. people. Those people aren't working on commission. They want all their money. They just want to pay booth rent, independent right. contractors. Cool. Right. Right. But then you have the ones that are just entering and the ones that are trying to grow, right? So to everybody's point, you do look at the person next to you and see what they're charging, Right. And, you know, back in the day, you would try to undercut that. I know in the shops now, it's kind of like a standard that's set. Like, yo, don't don't undercut the shop. Right. You know, charge the shop. Charge with the shop. Charge. At least bare minimum charge. Yeah, with the right. Shop. At least, yeah. So I always try to push that. Like, don't undercut the shop just because you're trying to gain clientele in whatever level that you're at. Because that's disrespectful. Right. And that's creating an environment in the shop that's not conducive for everybody to work efficiently. And it's not for work, Your value as a barber, because if you undercutting the shop to sustain or grow yourself clientele-wise, what you're doing is you're also devaluing the caliber of client that you appeal to. Yep. Now watch this. Here's the monk. Here's the monkey wrench that I'm gonna throw in there. As an owner, as an employee, and as barbers, we all have come from a place where, and y'all see my head shaking, where, you know, we was all trash <laughs> at one point. That's just like that. Nobody can come out the womb, you know, Nobody, that's yeah. the owners, like just Dookie Crumb. Look, did it no to doubt. myself, Dookie Crumb. That's what I'm saying, right? <laughs> so... What happens right. when you're in right. the shop and there's a standard, there's a standard, right? Say the standard is $40, right? $40 or okay. $50, right? Okay. And mostly everybody in the shop, that's, that's, that's what they charge, right. minimum. But then you have a person that their right. hand, right. their product, is not at the level of the shop, mm -hmm. but they're trying. Mm -hmm. Now what? Right. Well, that's what when they, to, So the, my, the, my question the, is, what do you tell this person when they ask the question of, Mm. How do I get so? Not when they ask the question, when you have us, right? Mm -hmm. People that have right. been in the game for a while that are employing a standard. Mm -hmm. right. We're employing people to maintain a standard. So I want everybody to understand mm -hmm. that there's a difference between us influencing people to maintain to, to to increase their prices right. or should we increase should we influence people to maintain a certain standard because in order to raise your prices 
Like, mm -hmm. like, you, like, like you just said, mm -hmm. if you go to Ruth Chris, you're expecting Ruth Chris Crowley. Yes, right, because you go Ruth Chris right. Absolutely. So, yes. So, so now, what do we as educators, as influencers, as carers of the tradition of barbering, what do we now tell these people? Because there's a there's a monkey wrench there. Because everybody doesn't deserve. So, <clears throat> so we got to be. That that is exactly Before. the problem that we ran into as soon as we grew. So originally we had a six. A six uh, yeah, it was six of us in the shop, six chair shop. And then we did a remodel. We grew to 20 chairs. And we hired, we didn't just hire anybody. We hired some guys. We hired a couple guys out of school. And we immediately realized, I was like, okay, there's a group of us that are really good. And there's a group of us that are not so good. Mm -hmm. And the first thing we did was, all right, we're going to get rid of there's this one. Because we used to be, there's one price in the shop. Mm -hmm. Got rid of that. Listen, right. everybody, you can book what you yeah. want to on your app. Book your app. That's your price. The mm -hmm. shop minimum is thirty dollars. Right, right. Those of you that are barely doing this thirty dollars shit, we're finna coach you like an intense coaching over the next forty-five to sixty days. And if you don't get to where we feel like, all right, we ain't got a hand hold you, watch you, and all of that shit, you can't stay. And we're not firing you on some like you whack get the fuck out of here you're just not ready and if you go to another shop and get ready come back we're fine with that too but you can't lower the standard of the business because i've dedicated 17 years trey dedicated 18 Absolutely. years it's it's a group of us that have a lifetime of this invested and it's it's crazy of you to think that we should lower our standard and lower That's everything the word, bro. How you living? and so we uh basically just got them and just went on in on the with them and everybody's doing okay. Now it wasn't an immediate turnaround. We still got two guys that are they're worth thirty bucks easily, but trying to get you to where you're comfortable saying, right. okay, I'm gonna put forty dollars on my booking app. But yeah. you know what? I also feel like right. if if you're if you're running a productive business, right? That's that's productively adding value to the industry of barbering. Your shop should be the uh, the sought after de or desired shop yep. for people who want to grow yep. within the industry, rather that be their skill set, their their approach to business, right? Their approach to, uh, management, their approach to self development. Yes, your, you want your shop to be that place. I don't want to be. I, me personally, I don't want to go to a shop where I got to either keep up or get lost. I don't want to go in a shop like that because that puts added pressure on you to start to grow at a pace that may not be conducive to you. I think you're going to start doing erratic shit trying to copy the next person. Absolutely. That's, that's why you're going, that's when you start seeing pictures of people trying to put all the enhancements up that are hide the bullshit because they're in shops right. where ain't nobody teaching them how to yeah. use it properly. Yeah. No one's well, teaching them, hey, I've been watching you. You've been cutting next to me for, for four weeks. And I see that when you get up to the top, you have a problem blending bulk. Let me show you a better way to do that than what you're doing. Apply this thing, and then once you get better at this, we're going to work on how you can get your line in symmetry. I think that, to me, is that yeah. most added value you can have as a shop owner or as a booth runner in a shop is being able to take and hold somebody's hand for a little while to teach them how to be in this industry. Because understand, coming out of school don't come with a how to be a barber guy. So that's so, the thing is we play new guys in between veterans. Absolutely. So if you're a new guy, 
on both sides of you, you have inheritance. inheritance. Yes, brother Shaw. So, so look at you. So again, right. so let's so let's go back to the initial question. Okay. Every, so because everything that 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 has been said is correct. That is the, that's what everybody's supposed to do. That's right. what the shop owner is supposed to do. That's what anybody that cares about the art and the career of barbering should do. Right. Right. But then you have some that, that are not receptive of that help. Right. Get rid of it. You got to have business. Hold on. You have to run a business. Yeah. Right. 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 But then are you also in the business of constantly having different faces come in in and out? Because as an owner, right? Right. Mm -hmm. You want your chairs filled. That's money that you're missing when they're not filled. Right? I feel so I'm like, just paying right. I'm just paying devil's advocate right now. No, no, and I and I love that. I love Keep doing it. Keep doing I love it. it. That's sustaining a extremely valuable conversation. Right. Go ahead. So th this is my answer to that. Look at your leadership. Because, yes, there's going to be a group of people that aren't coachable, but that's not going to be the majority of people. And if that is the majority of people, why the fuck you keep picking all these uncoachable people? What's wrong with your hiring process? What's wrong with your vetting process when yep. people are coming in to get a, show, get a job? Right? Are you just, like, hiring anybody with clippers? Are you, what, kind, what's in the, what questions are you asking? Like, is there a process? Are you, are, is there? Is there a process? Absolutely, and because it's just like if you go into a corporate job. What questions are you asking? Like that same class we was at, Mike. I have been already. We had already been. That was what two years ago. So that was like a year ago. I had never ever thought to not want a barber. Hawk had said this. I don't want barbers that's looking for walking. I never thought I never thought that. I always thought, okay, I'm looking for the barber that's hungry to get all the walk-ins because we are walk we have plenty walk in. Right. And Hawk was like, Well, you can yeah. do that, but if you find barbers that are looking to build their clientele, they'll take care of the walk-ins, but they'll hurry up and get booked up and it'll keep your walk-ins heavy for all the new people. Right. And I'm like, like, damn, that makes sense. Right. Right. So now we hire, we're like, I'm looking to see if you ask, how's the walk-ins? We're going to say, okay, they're, I mean, they're cool. If you seem disappointed, I might not call you back, bro, because it seems like you're too heavy on the walk-ins. If I ask you, like, well, how important is it to build clientele? What do you do? What do you like to do to build clientele? If you're like, oh, shit, man, I don't know. I'll post here and there. Or your social media week. If you don't seem like an, a, a barber that's going to get it, we're not going to hire you. Yeah. But back to um, the answer for that last question for Mike would be, you'd have, you'd have to look at so I have, So I have a question. Like, what's up with your a quick question? That you, you looked at 10 guys, seven of them aren't yeah. following. Hey, big dog, I got, I got a quick question. So, what if you run, and, and I understand for the majority, but what if you run into somebody like that that you, you think that they have great potential and they're, they're a little rough around the edges? I understand you don't want to continue to hire that type of person, but sometimes. There are gyms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, but is that gym coachable? Is he coachable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That, that, but I, I agree with that. But sometimes I, I think work working. I worked in a school system, and, and I work with mm -hmm. the right. worst of the worst. And I coach basketball. For for me, that was the passion and the beauty of my job. That's, is taking on. something. So that's what I was just saying about how is your leadership. 
your your approach to mm -hmm. the problem child problem barber is okay mm -hmm. well let me adjust my leadership to to try to figure out how to bring him along mm -hmm. which i'll have, have that for mm -hmm. a little bit but i have 18 guys bro so i can mm -hmm. only give you right. so many talks so much guidance shoot you so many text messages share so many lives so i can only do mm -hmm. so much of that before you're not catching on and then I'll talk to him and be like, hey, bro, why are you, what's going on with your, in your personal life? Why are you late every day? Is there anything I can help with? And then you be like, well, I just felt like I shouldn't be up here uh, waiting on walk-ins with everybody else at 9 o'clock. Also, you think you're suspect more special than the rest of us. That's the problem. Like, so now it's not my leadership. It's you've been acting like you listening, but you just like. But, you know, I see what, what Asha's saying, though. Even, even if you had an individual like that, right? Just because initially that's their perspective with it, that doesn't mean that that's their, their overall outlook. It no, could be, it could be I, that I, they just I, haven't been shown another perspective of it. So they come, you got to think, a lot of the people that we're dealing with coming into these shops are coming fresh out of school. A lot of them are coming from cutting out of their houses. They're coming from cutting out of the, the garages. They don't have an understanding. They never had a job before. And they I, don't have that same understanding of, okay, this isn't, conducive to what I want to do, nor are they understanding what actual selfishness is. To not want to be in the shop while everybody else is in the shop pushing the, the shop's agenda forward, that's a selfish thing to do. To not want to cut walk-ins and only want to do your clients and not squeeze walk-ins in that is an inconvenience to you, that's a selfish thing to do if the rest of the shop is doing that to make it happen. So until somebody, like you're saying, with better leadership, qualities better management quality and better understanding and patience for people initiates that conversation and sits that individual down and get a scope for like you said in the beginning of what you were saying what's your vetting process right. you right. have, to have a, a productive vetting process to know that if these you should already have these countermeasures in place for yourself if this caliber of person comes in this is how i need to handle it right. If this caliber of person comes in, this is how I need to address it. I should scale back and try to think from a general perspective. Because well, I'm really thinking like how it go, how it works for us in our in my shop. And I know I'm I keep forgetting that my my situation is so unique in some aspects like that. Like mm -hmm. that situation where the barber would just be like, he's gonna get led by the culture in my shop. You in between two veterans, we're all talking to you like it's not the thing. It's not a thing where you're like, I haven't, I don't see a path for me. Bro, it's 17 of us. None of us are failing. This is like you're the first two that just got here. Eric, if you're the new Westside right. Barber, Kenny Jinks, what's going on? But the rest of us, there's a group from 42 all the way down to minus the new guys, like 26. Mm -hmm. And there's examples of like, this person made these decisions, these made these decisions. And we're very transparent. Right. Like, we got. Got eight kids, six baby mamas. He struggles and gets it all together. Still makes it work. We got a barber that's thirty, that's debt free. We got a barber that's KB forty two. Going on, they are. Right? So like we we you have all these examples in here for you to make an informed decision, bro. So let so you, let me ask you this to expand on Mike Sharp's question, initial question. Okay, it is. I believe that. For your situation, you guys have put so much time and so much energy into um, cultivating that ecosystem. It's already countermeasures that's kind of unspoken that's already in place. So yes. what I want you to do is, if you can, 
consider that question from the scope of someone who just started their business. Right. Already had an ecosystem right. in place. Right. I need to back up. Yeah. So um, someone that so like someone that just started their business, right? Yeah. Or that's in the middle of their business. Because you don't have to back up, right? Because what you because it's in it's in this system too. Absolutely. It's in his system too. Absolutely. It's in every system, right? Right. And the reason that I like the reason that I'm putting this out and I'm asking this question is because the barbershop, and I think once that everybody starts to realize this. The barbershop is like McDonald's. It's a revolving door. It's a revolving door, right? This is an industry that creates freedom for us as individuals. Okay, so, with, so within that freedom, right, you're going to have a lot of individuals that want to be independent, right? But being independent sometimes calls for you to be codependent. Man, ooh. Somebody type that in the chat so we can pin it. You understand what I'm saying? Down the chat so we can pin that. And and if you're trying to, if, if that's like, a real, if you're trying to hey, build, can you and you, say that one more time, bro. I want somebody to type this. I said sometimes you know um, we we get into this industry in industry for freedom, and freedom brings you know independence. With independence, there is codependency in that independence when you're dealing with our industry, especially if you're working in a barbershop. Yeah. If you're working around a group of people. Right? right, and codependency causes for learning how that other person learns. Right? Yeah. So, right. us as the owner or as the manager, we have to learn. Whoever we're hiring, we got to learn that person first before it's time to just say, oh, "Okay, you got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. You got to do that." You have to learn them before you can even approach them about. Well, this is the way that you that, that we do this. I think I suggest that you do it like this. And I'm only speaking. Okay. I'm speaking from experience. This is why I don't, don't agree because that for me is making it so personal, right? And there's nothing wrong with being personal, but we're doing business. Mm -hmm. So like our contracts aren't even. They're not. They're not. Uh, the wording isn't even contract. It's called a business agreement. And the mm -hmm. way I to my barbers is we're the mall. Your Foot Locker, your dealers, mm -hmm. your champs, your whatever, y'all are all stores. Mm -hmm. If you want to do business within this mall, mm -hmm. these are the requirements mm -hmm. written out plainly. Mm -hmm. Now, you can take what you want from the store next to you as far as like how they run their business, whatever, whatever, whatever. But these are the requirements to do business in this mall. Mm -hmm. If you get these requirements or you constantly violate these requirements, the contract will be terminated. And yeah. I keep that language like that because I don't want it to be like, well, man, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you because we get into that. And what that did for me was make me feel like you don't give a fuck mm -hmm. if I'm trying to help you. So you know what? I don't give a fuck what you got so, going on. So watch this. Back up. Hold on. Let me That's back not up one second. It's not that you make. Right. So I think we're right. making it personal, right? Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the business, right? That person that's cutting hair in your business, right? Right. That's maybe coming in late, so on and so forth. Even though it's that person, that's right. still your business. Right. So on the outside looking in, they're right. not looking at, well, DJ is in there doing so on and so forth, or Mike is in there, you know, uh, trying to coach him and he's not listening. They're going to say, that shop. Yep. There's the codependency Absolutely. within the independency. Right. Even, even on a business right. level. So I'm not talking about on a personal level. I'm talking about on a business level. So that's right? what I'm saying. 
know, it's in the contract. If you have a store in the mall and you the mall opens at 10, bro, if you are always at 1230 and that gate just coming up, guess what? They're finna come. Hey, bro, you got to go. You got to get it clear out the mall. It's a violation of the contract. You're making us look bad. The mall, like, that's how we operate. Like, listen, bro, we're going gonna to give you chances. We're human. We have compassion. Bro. We got a young shop right now, bro. He's like 20 years old, first time moving out of his mama house, first access to like freedom, women, blah, 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 all of that. And you've been late almost 20 days out to 28 in this month. Mm -hmm. And we get it because we've all been there or we understand that mindset. But on the same token, we're going to pull you to the side and say, hey, March 1st is coming. We need to mm -hmm. with change as a man, as a businessman to be on time. If you continue to not be on time, there's going to come a time we're going to have to let you go. And you know why. Because we're trying to do business here, bro. So can I speak on something real quick that I think is is what makes it – because I think I'm listening kind of like Mike Sharp is listening, right? For somebody who, who was starting out a business, if they approached it that way, them doors would be closed quick. Because it's, it's too it's, – but hear me out. Hear me out. In certain mm -hmm. cases with certain people – It'll, it'll be okay because you do have people who come into the industry later, a little bit more mature, who will be able to handle that kind of directness. However, in the world that we live in, the way that people are operating and doing as far as this whole I'm my own boss mindset shit, your doors will be shut like that. If you was opening your business and you pushed it, hold on, I'm finna tell you. You pushed it that way. I do believe the reason that you can manage your business or the reason that that's so sustainable for your business for you and, and the guys in that shop is because you had already established the, the personal part of it the first few years creating that ecosystem. So even if the people who you address that way weren't part of that, the ecosystem exists already. Right. So, so the barbers are around really them. Come on. Right. Just right. When you approach somebody Absolutely. and you say, hey, listen, bro, I know you're still kind of new to this. You're still getting your feet wet with this. You've been late in the last couple of weeks. We can't do that moving forward. I need you to go ahead and review your contract again or your business arrangement again so you understand how we handle that moving forward. You had that conversation and that person, the way that they'll receive that information may be brass. They may feel offended. They may feel all these other things. But because you've already put in place that ecosystem, the people around them, the veterans you put them in between, going to pull up beside, hey, look, bro. Absolutely. They ain't down for you, my dog. So this is how we do shit around. Absolutely. This is it's so, gonna be so you have assistant coaches to some degree. Let's go back to starting the business. Right? Wait, kid, what's the knowledge, bro? Go ahead, bro. Me and my business partner have never ever gotten a space that we cannot afford with just me and him. And I think that's so, the number one. That's the number one. Business. Yes, sir. If the Bottom fall out. We need to be able to become the owner will become a slave to the booth rent. Absolutely. So you'll, you'll purchase a you'll purchase a job. Yeah, absolutely. Average is barbers knowing I don't need you here to make my business run. First of all, because barbers are, may come and go. So that's I would never start the business unless you can afford to start the business. Absolutely. And you have to be able to grow slowly because you want quality. You're not going to get quality fast. If you hire 10 guys out of school, guess what you're going to be doing? Teaching 10 people. <laughs> That's what you're doing, bro. So if you want the best, you're going to have to have the environment that attracts the best, which is going to mean you're going to have to spend some money. You're going to have to have pay. You're going to have 
be able to seek them out because mm-hmm. they're going to be tired of the bullshit that they're in in their shops. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. build it. Mm-hmm. We was at six people, bro, for 13 years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a very slow process. And then the growth to 17 still has been slow over the last five years because it's like, mm, we ain't just hiring just any and everybody because some people don't fit. Uh, some people just don't even get past the first conversation. Some people come in. And we had a guy who used to be an OG barber around here. We hired him just on his name. He was fucking horrible, bro. He was terrible. I got a question for you. What, what's the age the range of, barber of your shop? Is the youngest barber is 20. Okay. Trey 46? Trey is 46. Okay. Trey ain't no damn, damn 46, yeah. bro. Nah. I know he said he used in Beijing, but nah, hell no, nah, he ain't no forty no. six, <laughs> man. So, so, uh, all right, so, so DJ, with, with with everything that you just said, right? Right. I totally agree with you. I'm not. I, I'm not against you at all, right? Uh-huh. I think we're all kind of alluding to the same thing. It's just coming from you know from different rules, right? right? It's just, it's just a different perspective, right? But with all of that being said, and it did still the different levels that you had. How is the price point determined what justifies it and what justifies the increase? That question that still has not been answered. Okay, because okay, we got some. Right, hold on. Sorry. Joe Flannel, what's going on in the West Trade Show? I'll Wait, just put bro. out, I, what I'll do is I'll put out my answer. Okay. Right? Okay. Yeah, I want to hear this. Mm-hmm. The answer is if your product, your product, Meaning your end result, we are barbers, mm-hmm. right? Right. We cut at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Our primary job is to cut hair, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, the facials and, and all the extra stuff. It, it, it is what it is. It's extra, right? But at the end of the day, that person that's in your chair is looking at the service that you just provided by way of we're talking about the haircut, right? The hairstyle, right? Mm-hmm. So if your haircut isn't on point, how, how can you expect someone to give you? Or how can you expect to charge someone $50, $60, $75, is starting to become the industry standard because a lot of the veterans are pushing this narrative mm-hmm. because they it's, they're honestly speaking to a certain group, and it's really not the ones that are within the first five years. Now, if you're exceptional mm-hmm. and your hand calls for it, then charge it. But if you yourself mm-hmm. can look at that cut and you can say to yourself, I would not pay $75 or $100 for that cut, then you need not charge that. Yeah. Right. I would agree. So learn. Learn your skill set, learn what you're there for first. And then let's talk about right. grow in that first. Grow in your skill set first. And then let's talk about a price right. increase. So I, I, I would say this about right. that, right? One, I agree with you partially, right? I agree mm-hmm. if your hand, your skill set doesn't uh dignify that price point, then it's it's obscene to believe that you're going to consistently receive that, right? Eventually people even people who don't know what a good quality haircut is will have people who see that haircut to tell them that it's not good quality. It's not quality worth what you spend it for, right? Mm-hmm. What I think that is, is I don't think that 
even though the focus is the haircut, I think part of the problem in the industry that's causing this, this rift between price point, service, and ability is we keep trying to disassociate service and ability. Those are one and the same. So even if I can speak from my experience, and I'm sure you guys have experienced it at some point your career, earlier on in your career, even when my, my, my ability wasn't where it needed to be or where, where, where it should have been or where I wanted it to be, my service never wavered. And because my service and my ability to communicate with my clients and let them know, hey, I'm still figuring this out. I'm still doing the best I can. These are my price points. This is what I want to do moving forward. Let's do what we can to get your head together. Or even a conversation that I'm sure all of us to have before, hey, my first time cutting your hair, I'm learning your hair. The more you come back, the more we can kind of figure out what's the best way to cut your hair, what's the best tool for the job, so on and so forth. Again, I'm still newer in this process. Being able to not disassociate the two and keep them together, you'd be surprised how many clients, how many people will take a chance on you and pay you at 40, 50, 60, maybe at the top, right? And they'll continue to grow with you because people are not just interested in just your haircut. In this day and age, people are interested in you as a service provider. What, service, what, what experience am I drawing from this person when I'm going to this shop? He may not have my cut as far as I can get it up the street for $45, but what I experience, right. what I draw from his interaction, I'm willing to go and spend 45 with him because I know he's going to get better. I also see that he's going to shows. He's learning. He's going to classes. He keeps telling me about these new, uh, these new skill sets that he's learning, that he's trying, these new tools he keeps investing in. I know this is serious about his growth. So, so, so he'll be able to pay that, that charge that price right. point and be susceptible to it. Then you put him around people that's willing to mentor him, this, this, he's going to get there right. eventually. And, and all of that you've talked about, and I think it alludes back to what you were saying about the, the, the lack of patience in your shop for certain people because you built up to a certain point with the, with the 20 people. All those things that you're looking for in a barber is that level of getting there on time person gets there on time and they're showing that they want to be there, then the quality of what they do is going to get better. You know what I mean? And so all that, I agree. I've been, I've been in a shop where I've seen some people average at best, but because they have great relationships and they have great people skills, then those individuals continue to come back to them no matter what. So I, again, I think it goes to the, the point that there's a little bit of everything for everybody because some of I want you know God bless his soul my my one of my best friends passed away was the best barber in the town but because he was so good and he was so young kind of blew right. it off and, and he wasn't professional about it so you who would come in that shop and if they were able to get in be able to get to work and it fit their lifestyle they would go to somebody who wasn't as good because you had everybody lined up for him, and he might not fall in till 1 o'clock, you know what I'm saying? And that don't meet everybody's schedule. So I, I, I think it's, it's a little called bit balance. of everything for everybody. Yeah, and that's, and, and, and that's, what, that's what, remember I said that in the beginning? Absolutely. Balance. So that, that was going to be the answer. That is a bunch of things. <laughs> balance. Yeah, it's a balance of, and I don't even know if it's necessarily, necessarily balance, 
Well, I guess it's a form of balance. So I like to think about it like an equalizer, like the stereo thing, you know, used to go up and down. This is the bass, this is the treble, blah, 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 blah. Um, if you turn them all up, it doesn't sound good. Yeah. You just understand? No. So there's, there's times, that just gets, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. That's more for like individual. You know, you got the client that likes to talk, so you turn the bass up or we turn the treble up. That's client that's quiet all the time, so you turn down, blah, blah, blah. Um, but just in general, the balance that you have to have with the professionalism, with the environment, with the conversation, all of that helps to increase the foundation, which is what Mike is talking about, of the haircut. So for us, I think what we do is say, on a general level from, from 1 to 10, if you are 7 or better, mm-hmm. we're not really just going to be on your head about the, the haircut, right? Mm-hmm. We're not even gonna hire you unless you're six or better we might have if we try you out and you need a few things like hey bro try this net and you tighten up cool we'll hire you so we don't really have to even worry about skill set anymore that's why we've gotten so focused on the other things because we got a guy who i would argue has the lowest skill set in our shop but has been building clientele the fastest just because of what ashawn said ashawn said just uh, ashawn 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 because it's just what I said. My man greets everybody that walks in the door, says bye to everybody that leaves. Hey, I mean, all the way down to, hey, little man, be cool, stay in school. Absolutely. And we all laugh at it because we're like, this dude fucking is crazy. But as long as you're doing it and he's building it so fast, so it's how well is your haircut perceived by the client, not by us as barbers and fans of business, does the client find value in the precision of your haircut? And then on top of that, everything else. Are you punctual? Are you professional? Does the shop look good? Does it smell good? Is the music right? Um, like we talked about it in the class in Atlanta, the five senses. Smell good, taste good, blah, blah, blah. Like, do you have or you have do you have gum? Does it smell good? Is the conversation empowering or is the vibe at least chill? Like or if it's hype, are we talking about something where And you right, I think that five senses is one of them let that's one of them things in barbering that is Mike did is that are you the originator of that? Um identifying the five senses of how to use them in a barbershop? Um I'm not gonna claim that. Um but talk I think talk. I might be one I'm not gonna claim that. I don't do that. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I haven't heard anybody else say it, but, you know, it is what it is. Well, what I was going to say is that, that's something that I, I travel with Murfreesboro and I teach at different schools and I talk to them about, especially uh, cosmetology schools, because there's so many cosmetologists getting more involved in the barber. And so I talk to them about kind of the functions of a barbershop in addition to how to do a traditional fade, how to do a lining, but right. understand. And understanding how to utilize all your senses in a barbershop is something that I talk about. I was going to say I tip my hat to you because I don't know where I got it from. I just remember retaining it. You know what I mean? I, I felt it important enough to regurgitate it to some more people because it's a very valuable lesson. What I was going to say is I don't think enough people are pushing that agenda because that in itself, just approaching business that way will help alleviate a whole lot of mess that comes with the quote-unquote traditional culture yeah. of the purpose. But that, that well, was what Mike was saying about having that freedom. Um, 
it took us a long time to get there, bro. Like when we first opened, Trey was 27. I was 24. You mm -hmm. couldn't tell us nothing. We would play the hardest Jeezy album out. <laughs> Bitch, you don't like it. Don't come in here. You know what I'm saying? And then like now at 46 and 42, we'll turn some of that on and be like, man, we would listen to this with people in the shop. Yeah. It's crazy. We were, we were some wild boys, man. Yeah. So, I mean, you allow that room for growth, but it's hard, like you said, with, with certain things to it to just we'll push it in the culture, but it's hard for the culture to just accept them because just like that young guy in my shop, when you get your first taste of freedom, you it, control of any of any type seems oppressive, even right. if it's self right. You have to freedom. I don't even have to have self control. I don't have to get up. I don't have to. But then you have to hurry up and realize, like self discipline is the far, is the quickest path to success. Like, if you can get yourself up and do the things that you don't want to do, then you'll hurry up and get to the places you want to get faster. But it takes a level of maturity to get there. So I agree with what Mike said, man. Like, the foundation of it is a haircut, but I also agree with what y'all saying. Because um, that's what I teach in my, in my six principles. Like, I teach first principle is self-development. Second one is financial literacy. You got to know yourself and be yourself and grow yourself. Mm -hmm. Well, then you start getting some money because you around money. Mm -hmm. not, but you're not going get no money you'll start with a skill set if you don't have no skill set them first two ain't gonna do you no good because they ain't gonna have no skill you ain't got shit nobody buying a bad haircut bro yeah. period yeah. I, nobody's well you know, you know what i'll say this you know what i want as much as i believe that okay here grab as much as i want to believe that and subscribe to that i'm on instagram as much as y'all are and we all see some terrible haircuts instagram listen it's not real let's let, let, let. bad Haircuts on Instagram not real. Oh, come on, Instagram. Don't do them like that. Okay, here we go. I will say this though. Remember, I had said it's what the value the client deems valuable. If that client that haircut is like, oh man, I'm gonna cut five. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm saying. That's that's what I'm saying. It's, this is one thing that I always tell people, Mike. Oh, hey y'all, I'm sorry. In. Man, he going in and out. We can't hear you, Mike. But what I was saying, can you hear me? I don't know. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got to go because I'm supposed to be on another call at 830. I was tripping. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, my bad, he bro. Man, look, we appreciate you, bro. Thank I, you so much, man. Gosh, I ain't going to fucking name him no more, brother. <laughs> I know. You. It's every well, person soon, man. I promise nice we'll be out in the mix. Hey, we're going to have to get you on here for Absolutely. a full one. Yes, sir. All right, bro. Get to that call. We appreciate you, man. What was you saying, Mike? You got your phone together, man. You was going in and out bad, bro. Yeah, I need to find. I need to actually need to find my treasure. Okay. Well, go ahead and take care of your business. We're going to be on here for a little while longer. Okay. Man, you going in and out, in and out. Okay. So, we got some, we got some questions here, but uh, expanding on that last point of what he was saying, one of the biggest things that I try to tell people that I try to get guys to understand is don't subscribe to you have to be doing a certain thing a certain way in order to attract clients. You want to do things and you want to improve Absolutely. based on what you hope to see with your skill set. Absolutely. Don't don't settle for where you are. Always try to extend extend what you're doing and create more ability for whatever you're right. you're trying to accomplish. 
But what I don't want you to do is think that there isn't a client out here for you because it's a client for everybody at whatever skill level you are. There is a client out here for you. Absolutely. True. And, that, and that's, that's the bottom line. It's a true story, I, I think, for us because we're serious about the craft and, and we got love and passion for what it is that we do. I think that that matters. But you can go in different places. You can go in small towns. Sometimes the, the choices are slim. So like you said, I think there's a client for everybody on what scale you yeah, grow to. I, I, that's I really the believe time. that. And while we got a break in, uh, we was rolling for a minute. While we got a break in the show, first thing we want to do is we want to thank you, everybody who's who's here with us, who's tuned in to see what we're talking about. Right now we're discussing the uh, ins and outs of a barbershop, how to manage business, so on and so forth. If you have any questions, make sure you send those questions through to the questions. If you are not already following I Cut My Way Out underscore pie, you can hit that little arrow up top, drop down that, that little window and follow us and cut on the bell and notification so that you can get notified every time we go live. And you never know, you might be the next person we feature on the show. All we need you to do is if you have a story to tell, you got something you want to say, or you just want to be featured in the, in the episode, hit that invite button, hit the inbox, join the page, do whatever you need to do so we know that you out there and we'll get you on here. But we got a question down here, Ash. The question is, it was a couple questions came in. I want to say is Gene okay. Blends. I want to say Gene Blends. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. But uh, Gene Blends said, uh, starting at a shop soon, any advice? Um, I think for me, starting at a, at, at a new shop, I think it's extremely important, one, to always believe in yourself and your abilities. Um, be a sponge. Be willing to learn from the others around you. Um, two, and at the end of the day, move, move at your own pace. Sometimes people get in the shop and there's different levels. You have experienced mm -hmm. barbers that may be in there, um, you know, so, so you're not trying to compete. You know, you're just trying to, to grow mm -hmm. and get better at your, your craft. And so I think those things will, will lead to I agree. Um, I success agree. for the person. You got time for another bar. Always, always, always. We here. <laughs> This is what we do. If you want to join, if you know somebody want to join, send them in here. We we always available. Always right. available. Shout out to Dre. Hey, now he's being uh, 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 hey. Paul of the Barber hey. uh, Podcast League. He averaging sixteen assists a league a game. Man, dropping dimes. Hey, did you see the um the 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 yeah. when he left his Clippers at home? The, yeah. the real he did and the. I Trying to find footage man, I for so that hard, sound, man. bro. But I've been so busy back and forth traveling that I haven't edited none of the, the footage I got. Yeah. Yeah. The, the sticky, sticky finger thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, so <laughs> added to uh, Gene Blend's question, I would say this. One of the most important things you can do, the absolute most important thing you could do starting out in any shop, Especially uh, if you're going into a mm -hmm. shop where it's a uh, booth rent or commission for that matter. One of the most important things you can do is be there every day. Be there. When, when you are on that schedule to work, when the shop is open, be there. If you can be right. the first person there, even better. You could be the last person to leave, Absolutely. even better. Be there. 
on them days where you go into the shop and you only cut two heads, don't get discouraged because you may have only gotten two heads, but quiet as kept, you probably got 20 interviews just without you knowing. You probably applied for 20 different Absolutely. positions without you knowing. So those days, make sure that you stay consistent in your discipline. Be there. That's, that's the biggest, that's the number one reason shop owners and new barbers coming into shops get on different accords. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. So, there's another question, um, KB yeah, yeah. 2019. Boof, it says, Boof. yeah. You 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 start off with that one. I, I, I shout out to KB Cuts. That's my boy. Cut flow Trey. He just said he hit hit the barber shut shut. I mean the barber up. He said five okay, minutes. Bad 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 bad. Boof in the commission. So first thing you got to figure out because now we're talking business questions, right? First thing I would figure out before you consider boofing or commission, you need to figure out what the identity of your business is going to be. Are you looking to be a shop that services everybody? Or are you looking to be a shop that services a very specific demographic of clientele? And what I mean by that is not racial at all. What I mean by that, are you looking for people who are interested in highly detailed, more trending, popular haircuts? Or are you looking for people who are into trending haircuts, but they're more um, satisfied or looking for haircuts, barbering services? Once you identify what the identity of your business is, is you're wanting it to be, now you can better adjust or better approach which one of these lanes work best for you. If you going towards the booth rental lane, understand that you're putting an immediate ceiling on what you are capable of making as a business owner. The only way you expand on your profitability as a booth renter shop owner is by adding more barber chairs or barbers or increasing booth rent. You can't increase booth rent outside of a certain point where you price yourself out of your market so unlike cutting uh cutting hair and pricing your haircuts booth rent is very dependent on your your area your your geographical mm -hmm. makeup what people in your area are charging for booth rent right. there's a max and then there's a low end and then there's everything in between you have to figure that out for wherever your area is uh, commission based a commission based shop may not have super emphasis being put on extremely detailed Instagram worthy haircuts. A lot of the people going into commission based shops are going in for the environmental experience. They're going into those shops because it's convenient, it's clean, it's consistent. Meaning if the shop opens at seven, it's going to be open at seven and it's going to be somebody ready to service them at seven. If the shop closes at six, it's going to be open until 615 just to make sure that they're still available to get them per that person in and out when they need to. Now, in a commission-based shop, understand that as the owner of this shop, your earning potential is completely reliant on your ability to satisfy the barbers and stylists working within the infrastructure of the business. That means that you are going to have to spend money on marketing. You're going to have 
have to spend money on uniforms. You're going to have to offer insurance. You're going to have to offer supplies. You may sometimes have to help with tools. You're going to have to offer some kind of um, career development, meaning some coaching. You're going to have to offer some kind of classes where people can sharpen their skill sets. They don't have to search outside of the network of that business to increase their skill set. You're going to have to bring more to the table on your end. But in doing so, and in, in sustaining more of an investment in the barbers and stylists inside of that business, what you're doing is you're growing the potential earnings of that business. Because as long as they're there at 6 o'clock, 10 chairs full, people coming in from your marketing and they're servicing those heads, the more people come in, the more you make. The more they make as well. It's a give, give, it's a, you know, give, give situation, give, take situation. What you got? For me, for me, I'm going to be honest, honest with you. Um, I've never um, dealt with the commission side of things on, on either side, um, barber or owner. Um, so to, to me, Boothrin is something that I've always um, been comfortable with. Um, just how how it plays out. Um, it does kind of, and I'm not going to say cut into um, your potential earnings. It's just keeping the, the chairs full in, in your shop. But to me, it's, it's just, it's comfortable. It's, it, it's what I know. Um, and so as as a barber, I'm more comfortable with booth rent in, in my um, experiences. So I just deal like that, you know, with, with booth rent as a shop owner as well. Just I personally. agree. I agree. Should have went to him. Why does yeah. that name sound so, so familiar? Yeah. Did he jump in already? Uh, Who? Barbara. Uh, went to him. I don't know. He is at. Man, that name sounds so familiar. Really? He was saying yeah, he, he, he cut some um, Fat Joe's, man, Barbara, fabulous. Um, yeah, that's what he was just saying. Did, did he uh, already tap in? I don't think or, he or jumped he still... in yet, but when he come in, definitely we'll we somebody assuming we if if anybody sees should have went should have went to heck, jump in, let us know. We'll get him up and we'll get some questions out to him. Appreciate that again, Dre. You don't you don't understand how big you are to man, really gonna say for real. For real, for real. So KB, I right. hope that answered your question, bro, or at least uh gave you some insight on how to, to figure that out. And I seen you ask me, which do I prefer? Me personally, bro, I'm more interested in a booth renting shop until my journey is fulfilled mm -hmm. with this. My interest is in cultivating and developing barbers into flourishing out into their careers. I, I, I like seeing people come Absolutely. in and they still kind of rough around the edges. They're still figuring it out because I was rough around the edges and figuring it out. And it wasn't a lot of, um, <laughs> it wasn't a lot of life rafts being thrown out into the water to kind of help you figure your way and negotiate your way out through this. So I would like to be that life raft for somebody right. before I move on from this. Once I feel my, my, you know, my path with that is fulfilled and sustained and I've left a better mark on Barbara right. and where I am than it was when I started, then I'll probably look off into something either right. uh, educational-wise or commission-based shop. But for right now, I want to I want to meet the barbers where they at. I want to be the safe haven for barbers. So I don't overcharge for booth rent. I'm not all in nobody's business. 
and I'm doing my best to help cultivate them into their skill sets as best I can. Right. No doubt. No doubt. So, so one one of the things, and I know it's some, some questions. If we want to take some more questions, but before um, we get on with the next barber, I know, man, you you had a beautiful experience um, this past weekend um, at the exclusive barber battle. Um, so I just just wanted you to kind of talk with us all about that, and just you know, with, with Deanna. Um, you know, was able to do and, and how that I was going to send everybody out to get her back on here because my experience was great. But I want to know her experience because when I tell you she put together a show, <laughs> she put together a show. <laughs> so I want to know how, how this one woman wrecking crew was able to put a show of that quality <laughs> to get maintain her freshness and flyness because what person she didn't have no bags under her eyes she wasn't beat down and slouched <laughs> over she was turned she was texas right. turned up texas turned she up texas right. turned up Thank congratulations you. and now i'm sick, sick. Uh -oh. <laughs> uh -oh. better, better to be sick now than last week but yeah, I looked a whole lot better than I do tonight. I look weird. <laughs> but to, thank you for getting me on real quick. Um, for those of you who just joined in, it's your girl Deanna D. Folks live from Dallas, Texas. Um, we just came in, wrapped up everything with the exclusive bubble battle. Man, when I say I'm amazed, I'm still going through things like that happened like when did that happen like when did that happen like it's so much content so much footage that i have not even seen yet um kudos to my team to my staff to my attendees to everybody man it was it was it was we it was it was it was great it was great i don't even know what to say i'm still like i don't think it's really set in just yet i don't think it's really set in i was going through things today and i was just like okay yeah but man it was it was it was nice it was nice i i really over i really i did it this time when i get a chance i got so much footage that i need to edit and and put together and clear up so you can hear what people are saying let me just tell you people said some beautiful things about you thank you people said thank you things about you and people were extremely appreciative of what you put together in that city for them i'm glad people that that stick out out of my mind immediately that I, I don't think I'll never forget them because they put an immediate mark on my mind. There was a gentleman who came in there and he brought not one, not two, he brought about eight or nine students. Eight or nine, probably more than that. I was talking to four and another five or six was coming mobbing down the hallway. They all his students. You can look at in the eyes of them students talking to them and immediately see that fire that was ignited from being in a room surrounded by people who have as much love and passion for this industry well off into their careers as they do starting out in it. So, so to me, that's the most, that's again, reaching the people coming in and helping cultivate this industry is the most important thing you can do as a barber or stylist, because right. the more you feed into this, or it feeds us back. Mm -hmm. You can't keep taking and taking and taking without depositing. So that, 
point. The right. second people, yeah. second group of people that stand out in my mind the most is I didn't even know who I was talking to. Let me say first, yeah. I didn't even know who I was talking to, huh? but I was talking to her mother and her father. Picture that. Mm. Picture that. Huh? Wow. I'm just stopping people, you know, wow. getting some content, talking to people, seeing how they feeling. Right. Come to find out I'm talking to a mother right. and a father. Neither one of them were braggadocious. Neither one of them right. were were going out of their way to say who they were. They were talking about the right. experience that they was having in there. They were talking about. They was talking about meeting mm -hmm. people. They was then when they when I right. finally was like, oh yo, he pointed to one of the banners that had his name on it. I said, Oh, that's you. Man, I didn't even recognize mm -hmm. it. He was like, Yeah, that's my daughter. Yeah, that's 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 her mom. Then you know what they started mm -hmm. talking about? How her they were. Well, how proud of her they were. So how imagine what? being Absolutely. a parent at your child's show. Imagine you as a father going to Picasso's show. And you enjoy oh, the experience of the show yeah. and meeting so many people from the show that when someone asks you about it, you're talking about the show. You're not even in the presence of mind to say, oh, my, my son put this together. That means you having a right. damn good time. For real. So yeah, she she put together something awesome. awesome. That's that's what's up. Dre, I still don't think he jumped on. Yeah, let me let me go ahead and check. You go ahead and take it over, Ash. Let me check through and see. Yeah, man. So so um, one of the things that um was kind of going on this week that was interesting, and you know, it was an uproar. Jalen's comments in regards to how much. Um, the minimum of a quality haircut, man. And I've seen so many people um, on all levels, whether they be entertainers and athletes, um, barbers, so on and so forth, man. They have so much um, to say, and it's just so interesting, man. Um, how some people put values on other people's professions. You know what I'm saying? It, it was just, um, you know, and then take things out of context to some degree, you know, because I think ultimately, wasn't saying everybody deserves $100 a haircut, um, but I know culturally we spend, we, and, you know, just, just from a human standpoint, we, you know, people spend money that they don't have to you know what I'm saying? Um, get some, some feedback, because I thought, I thought that was a pretty interesting one. I want to big up because always repping um what it is that we do and holding us down but but i just wanted to get y'all feedback because it was interesting and then i i had um an experience a couple of experiences today that just kind of got on my nerve because you'll have clients that expect a lot, a lot for nothing you know they want to be squeezed in or somebody want to come and just put them in the chair you might tell them hey I, cut by appointment, that ain't good enough. You you know what I mean? We're needed by a lot of people, but, you know, you, you do have some people that don't value what it is that we do. So I just wanted to get y'all so feedback it, and even it, listen. Before you we got 10, 11 people bouncing around in here. What I need y'all to do right now, because y'all not finna get all this, this great content and great content and then keep it to <laughs> yourself. We're not doing that. This, this is an industry about reaching one, teaching one. Go down to your bottom of your screen. Hit that little arrow 
and share this live with five people. I'm going to do it myself. If all five of us share with five people, then we can really get some more people in here. Uh, okay, go, go ahead. Yes, I'm listening to you. I'm here. You, okay, let me, get my, you let me share my five real quick. Did, did okay. you speak close? Andre said he's in here. Okay, so um, I just, I wanted to touch races on what you guys were talking about a little bit earlier. When you yo, yo, yo. The price What's going on? Hey, how do you know um, when the price the price increases and what i wanted to say is i tell my students when i go around going with being that i've been man i've seen some schools i found some schools that i didn't even know were even in, in existence doing promotion for this barber battle but one of the things i tell my students is if you were to look because it's so much bigger than a haircut it's so much bigger than a haircut but if you were to look at your haircut that you did on your last client on your most tiresome day. Let's say you went out and you was out the night before you turned up. And we all know when we have those nights, we don't feel like coming to work. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's the human side of us. But on your worst day, when you, you know, because sometimes we don't, we're not at 100% to perform. We, we could say whatever it is that we are, you know, we're perfect with this, we're masters. But sometimes let's just be real about it. We're not at 100% to perform and everything does not come out 100% how we should or how we would want it to be. So I asked them, it's your worst moment. If you were to look at your haircut, would you give you a raise? That's, that's a good way of looking at it. Would you give you a raise? Yeah. Um, because, you know, in school, we tend to, oh, it will hit that mark. Oh, I'm oh, I'm just a student. Oh, oh, the biggest thing is they're not tipping. Oh, oh, it's free. Oh, it's that. Well, if you keep that mentality, when you get out there, yeah. you're going to still have that mentality. You understand what I'm saying? So, so how are you going to how are you going to deliberate when it's time for you to get a raise if this is your mindset? So the way that I go is, what is your target price? What do you mm -hmm. want? What do you want to charge? And most of the time they're going to say fifty, they're going to say sixty dollars. So my thing now is, are you at a sixty? Are you at a sixty dollar mark? They're going to say no because I'm in school. Just because you're in school doesn't mean you're not at a sixty dollars sixty dollar mark on your skill set because some Absolutely. of these students out here got some smoke. Right. Doesn't mean that you're not on a sixty dollars on your skill set, but what else could get you to sixty dollars if you broke your wrist and this client still needed a haircut? Absolutely. What else could get you to that sixty? If you had to use this right hand and you work left handed, what would get you to sixty dollars? What would make that client want to say, you know what, I'ma just don't even worry about it. You know, I know my I, haircut is this. What is it? So you can't always put it on the skill set you got to come back with the other nuggets you got to come back like you said with the dependability you got to come back with the it always increasing and in, in, in perfecting your craft yeah. um i told them this at the show fading nowadays nah. is just not never, enough i think it's, that it, just the mindset enough. has to change a lot but it has to be reapproached. hey let's get you caught up bro i know you kind of came in in the middle of it and it's kind of like i don't even know what's going on so we're going, going on first off going on we appreciate you jumping on with us. How you doing, man? Time, D. We appreciate you jumping on, giving us your time because you just had a whole weekend. So I know you tired. But heck, what we were discussing was I just brought up the point. The little viral thing going around right now is uh, Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose is in the news again, talking about uh, haircuts and, and shouting out barbers, which we all as barbers, I'm sure we all appreciate that, right? Because right. if no one's sustaining that conversation on that level. I'm sure you know better than anybody if if upper tier clientele aren't sustaining conversations about the importance of a quality barber, then anybody gets that opportunity 
and the barbers who deserve it are forever missed, right? So the question was, how do you feel about what Jalen had to say? Are you familiar with what he said? Yeah, I mean, I I saw it all over the all over the web about the the minimum for a haircut is a hundred dollars, yeah. and and I feel like that mm -hmm. that could be um that's like a tricky thing, bro. You feel mm -hmm. me? So I, I got a quick, quick, quick ask. Before we get into it, can you just tell everybody who, who you are? Oh, for sure, where you're from? For sure, just kind of give us feedback. What's going on, everybody? My name is Heck. Um, yeah. I go by Shoulda Went to Heck. Um, I've been doing this for like 20 years. I'm, I'm young, but you know, I, I've been, I've been, I've been around for a long time. I've seen the industry, you know, come together to what it is right now. Like I'm talking about from like the first barber battles back in like 12, 15 years ago. You get me? Like, Levels Barber Battles in New York City at the theater um, when Jay Majors was put in the, the, what, what the show is now. Like, this is years ago. I used to, you know, I dealt with, Dayton, with Jay Majors for years. Success Addict, I worked with him. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's guys that you guys are familiar with. Like, I've seen Pacino's rise to success, like, from, from the beginning. So I've been around for a long time, and I've been, I'm fortunate to, to I've been able to level up my 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 barbering. I've been able to level up this career and seeing things, man, that that has put me in 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 a great in a great situation as far as you know, as far as economical, but not only not only economical. Um, I would say more like the opportunity to really get to 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 work with people that I looked up that that I grew up looking up to. You get me like as far as like you know, Fat Joe, uh, Fabulous, um, Young and May, um. You know, like a lot of New York Jets, um, a lot of you know, just a lot of a lot of a lot of New York City, almost based uh, celebrities, quote unquote. But you know, I, I also a lot of times, you know, I've been I've been able to network with 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 barbers all over the nation. You get me? Like I said, I I, I put in work in this for this industry, man. Like I'm really I'm really one of those barber ass dudes. Like you right. feel me? I really live this shit. You feel me? Like I'm not doing it for fun or like I really do this shit for real, for real, guys. So you know, I just been fortunate to 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 surround myself. And, and and put myself in, in, in situations, bro, that I can honestly tell you guys that it's it's what's taking me there, I, I, I truly believe it's been, you know, besides my skill, it's been the way that I'm able to communicate with a client. Right. You know, skill is cool. If you get in the door, it's cool. To me, it was never like, I, to me, it was never, I'm going to get in the door. Because I feel like I've seen too many dudes get in the door. You get me? Like, I get a foot in. I, I, I've, I, I That wasn't my idea. Because to me, it was never like, about the Instagram post, to me it was never like, oh, um, I'm gonna do it to get the Instagram fame. Like, I, it just didn't seem it. It don't have no longevity to me, just because a post is a post, bro. Most people don't even get paid off of Instagram. Most people don't even know how to get paid off Instagram. So a post don't mean nothing, bro. A post is one day. Oh, cool, you did it. Cool. Next week come around. Are you doing it again? Like, is that person giving you an opportunity to get in that door again? That you make that you make enough of an impression for that person to really analyze? Like, like you guys just said. There's, if you, if you imagine, I'm pretty sure every celebrity gets DMs from barbers. Like, it's just more like a, nowadays it's just like the way to contact them. Mm -hmm. So you got to understand for these celebrities, there's barbers willing to do anything for a picture. So enable, right. so to be able to hold weight in the house or in that, in that person's, you know, because when it comes to celebrities, besides <clears throat> saying, oh, I do, you, you got to worry about, uh, about the, the, the management of their image. The image becomes your, your image. You got to be worried about if an angle is going to hit this way, this this side got to look the same way when this angle hit. A lot of people don't even think about that. You get me? A lot of people mm -hmm. with just quick enhancement, one, two, 
and they'll, they'll get it out the way. I, I kind of analyzed it more like, yo, I need longevity with this. I need to establish a relationship with these people, not only to be here with them, but in also order for them to see the value in me. Right. I'm not going over there. I'm not going to give somebody a house quote for $50. It just don't make no right. sense. In a, it just it don't make no sense, especially where I live. I live in New Jersey, and I work New York, New Jersey. Those are like my, that's my area. So in order for me to just get into New York, you got to understand that in order for me to just to get into New York, I'm paying $20 just in toll, just right. in toll, just to get in. Mm -hmm. If I'm in the city, you know, parking in anywhere in New York City around Times Square or around like where stuff really happens, where there's studios and stuff like that, you're not going to find parking under $50, $40. So you're already in, say, mm -hmm. $75 just to get to the client. Get there. Just to get there. So that's that. I'm glad you you saying that because that's that's my question. Why I was gonna ask, be it that you, I would I would believe with your clientele base are an expert at this as far as how to determine price point. I also noticed, uh, Deanna, I don't know if you know it, but you had a damn Dallas Cowboy player at your at your show. I don't know if you recognize. I recognize. Ain't out his way, but your show drew out some professionals too because one of his barbers is there or hairstyle. So question is this with y'all okay. uh being familiar with that that upper level celebrity clientele base in a in addition to what it cost you right to get to that client what are your deciding factors that go into determining a price for that client and then i also want to talk to you about my take on what jalen rose said that a lot of people missed go ahead so is this a question for me or this is a question both, just in general? Yeah, Alright, so um yeah. my take on it, my take on it is um is basically let me see how, how can I break this down just to make it like more of a, of a of a simple situation. Um for me to go to New York City, right? Like just I'm just talking for myself. Right. For me, like the value that I see myself, me mm -hmm. being a barber. The thing is that I feel like you know, the hundred dollar is like the the minimum. It's like the minimum maximum a Barbie wants to get to go out. You mm -hmm. get me? And mm -hmm. I mean that in a way where it's like, all right, Jalen Rose is saying, yeah, a hundred dollar haircut is a good is a good to to keep your barber basically like motivated and to keep him on his toes when he knows that when you step in the shop because I I, I highly doubt that it's a a hundred dollar haircut is a house called haircut. This is this is a barbershop haircut. This is right. the the barber not going right. to the client because for a hundred dollars, like I said. You anywhere you any, anything you're doing, if you get it in your car, you turn nowadays. I mean, you got to consider gas prices, right? Like that, that's a factor. That's really a factor. That's things that a client will go over their head. For example, if I was if 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 the thing is that my clientele is a is a regular basis clientele. Right. So I'm seeing my the the quote unquote celebrity clients that I have or the high end clientele that I have. I see them on a weekly basis. So my so my price for them is different because sure. obviously. If if I if I say I get to cut a like say right now at this very moment I get a call from a celebrity oh hey you need to slide in New York blah 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 obviously I'm not gonna charge them what I'm gonna charge one of my clients that I see on a weekly basis right why because I might see you once in the blue and then I'm I'm out the loop so I gotta stop what I'm doing I gotta hop in my car I gotta leave my kids or my wife and I gotta hop in the car at 12 o'clock at night drive to New York so it's not only it's not only the haircut service that you're providing you're providing almost like a a, a, a commodity for a client to really just chill in bed. You in bed and you just waiting for me to pull up. You're not understanding what I got to go through to get there. These you get me? What's going on, bro? So I'm listening. So, so say for example, the client, like if, if for, for my weekly clients, and I'm going to be honest with you guys, 
for my weekly clients, I'm charging from two hundred and fifty to three hundred dollars per haircut weekly. Mm-hmm. But this is clientele that I established over over ten years. Over ten years, been working consistently, so they see the value in me. Not only they see the value in me, I've had plenty times where I will I will charge a client X amount of dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And he'll go and get a haircut from somebody else. Sure. And and guys, like I said, I'm not trying to be braggadocious. I'm not really that type of person. I'm a real humble. I come from very humble beginnings. So to me, it's not there's nothing to brag. Like I don't really care for that. I really I really want to put in work. But like say one of my clients will go to another barber and they'll come back to me like, damn, heck, this guy charged me a hundred, bro. But he ripped me. Mm-hmm. My haircut is not mm-hmm. what is not what he not understanding where I needed that line to be. He not understanding where I needed this fade to be under or he not under so what what's helped me so much i feel like as a barber is that i've been able to customize the haircut to the client so and i made it i made it almost <laughs> like 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 you guys know branding is everything so me me saying should have went to heck mm-hmm. it, it really came from one of my clients which is he's a producer i cut him all the time and i've had times where i don't cut him mm-hmm. but every time i cut him he'll tell me like damn bro mm-hmm. last time this guy ripped. Oh, I saw this. You know, he's real. He's real picky with his situation. So he wants to. He wants his line to be symmetrical every week. Like it can't be no off days. It can't be no. You get me? So, so what's helped me is that I've been able to customize those haircuts for the for those clients. Mm-hmm. So they they see the value in me. So I've been I able to charge differently. But also help you from what I'm listening to what you're saying is your ability to to sustain consistency. Yeah. That's 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 the most important part. I feel like in this game is besides being the best barber. I mean, you don't gotta be the best barber because a lot of times I'll go to a client's house and they'll be like, "Yo, heck, I need you to do this quick one today, bro." Like, I know you're nice, I know, but I need I need to get out the chair today. So in my in my head, I'd be like, "Damn, bro, like, damn, I'm not." But you know, I still lace them, and they're already it's it's almost like a like like a mind game. The client already know you good, so after a while, it just becomes like, "Bro, you good?" Like, you're not gonna get any perfect. Like I know, I know. Even if you don't try as hard as you try, my shit's still gonna be sharp, and that's all I care about. Is I'm not gonna have a crazy line in my head, or my beard is not gonna be lopsided. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna, I'm not gonna have a cut when I gotta do a photo shoot. I'm not gonna, um, you know, just, just these things become important. But since I'm able to live it every day, my 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 approach to it is in a different manner. Right. Just because you gotta understand, for a one-time right. barber to go to cut a celebrity is different. Like for example, a guy like Fat Joe. A guy like Fat Joe is a is a strong character. If you meet Fat Joe, like, like he's really the person that 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 he is. Like whatever you guys see on the gram, like that's his approach to life. He'll he'll he's real New York. Yo, what's good, heck? This like he's that type of person. He lets you know off rip. As soon as you get it, yo, bro, listen, I need my shit. He tells me, bro, I cut this guy all the time. Like this is my weekly client, and every time I get there, he be like, yo, heck, I need my shit symmetrical. I need my sh- my box got to be legendary. Those is his words. Right. So for me, I do this shit. Right. So for me to do it, it's kind of like I already do this. Like I, it, the 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 celebrity part of it is already out of my head. I'm there, like yo, I'm seeing my client. Right. I'm seeing Joseph. I'm not even seeing Fedro. I'm seeing Joseph because I'm seeing him at his natural habitat, as far as like a family man. I'm seeing you in your house around your wife. So the comfort that you have in me as a person is almost way different too, just off the strength that I'm in your house. I'm around your kids. Right. I'm around your wife. You know, you'll leave, I'll be in his office and he'll be upstairs and it's, you know, valuable shit that if I was in a a, a, a a trustworthy person, you know what I'm saying? I could just line them up or whatever. You get me? So right. what's helped me is every time I, I go there, I, I like, it's almost like, yo, bro, I can't miss any time. 
that's kind of how I go into every opportunity, every mm -hmm. time, every haircut. It's kind of like, yo, this haircut's got to be the best one. Like, this shit got to be better than the last one. And obviously, as you guys know, as barbers, yeah. it's not. that's not always the case. It's not but always the client, the client, the client, right. the client understand. They already know, like, yo, this is so sharp already, bro, that it just, I don't see how it can get any better, heck. So it's cool. Just do it quick, bro. Yeah. So, so that should be your mindset I, I just put up every day in the shop, out the shop. If you're doing celebrity clientele, anybody, or you bro. anybody, work, I really feel like anybody. Absolutely, that should be your mindset. Because what I feel like, what, what, what was able, how I was able to elevate was the fact that I treat. Like, I mean, before I got these celebrities, obviously, I had to make a name for myself as a as a as a as a neighborhood barber, right. if you want to say, mm -hmm. or a name in my city, mm -hmm. because. How you get these celebrities? I mean, bro, the world's so small. Like, as big as the world is, it's a small world. Absolutely. You get me? Like, it's a small world. It's a small city. The, right. People that you would never even think know people. Like, like a client that you might have in a right. chair might be the most plugged up person ever, and you don't even know that just because it's to you is every day. Oh, it's whatever. This guy's just whatever. You feel me? How I kind of carried it was like, yo, bro, like, I really used to wear the, like, yo, I want to be the best. Like, that's how I used to go into the situation. You feel me? Knowing that I wasn't the best. Knowing that I wasn't like I had to elevate, bro. Right. Every barbershop I worked at, I was always the youngest cat. So in the in the So I, I question for you. How did you get to the point you said you've been cutting for a while? How did you get to the point where you you started to have entertainers as, as clients? All right, so so I used to work in a I, I used to own a barbershop. My first barbershop I owned it when I was in twenty thirteen. I was about like twenty two years old, I believe. I got an opportunity like just the most random shit ever i had a new york jets a new york jet um player him hit my dm uh my man um his name is uh kevin vickerson he hit my dm out of nowhere i'm like oh shit so i'm in my head like oh my god like who, this guy like, just hit me up like to me it was just like holy crap like this is the biggest deal in the world like, i really couldn't even like put it to like you feel me i was just almost like nervous not not almost nervous i was nervous as shit because i was like yo bro this guy's biggest shit he's fucking he's a linebacker he ended up pulling up to the bar. So I remember he pulled up and I seen him and I'm like, all right, this guy has a ball head and a beard. It's light work. Like, this shit is easy. Like, to me, it was just more like the fact of who he was. Even though I didn't, yo, bro, you guys, and honestly, I don't know who he was. I didn't, I, bro, I don't know shit about football. So when the guy came to the door, I knew he was a jet player, but I couldn't tell you, like, yo, this guy's a tight end or a defensive end or whatever. I, I didn't know shit. I'm sitting there like, yo, bro, so what is it? Like, what do you do, bro? Like, he's, oh, nah, do this, blah. I, I did what I did with every of my clients. I sat there and he had a beard kind of like kind of like my man, like the big Sunni looking joint. You feel me? No, no, just round sure. right around the edges. To me, it was something simple. I'm I'm like I I, I take pride in, in how good I am with the razor. Like this is something that I take pride on because I've I've worked I've worked so hard to get, you know what I'm saying, my lines where they're at, I guess. Mm -hmm. I gave him a line, he was like, yo, this is the craziest shit ever. Like they don't even do this shit in my town. I'm like, where? Bam, I remember that at that time, he hit me with like, I think it was like 50, and I'm like, a 50? I'm like, nah, bro, I didn't just get $50 for a beer. Like, to me, it was just like, bro, this shit was a robbery. Like, this shit was like, yo, bro, I went in, put your hands up, I went out, and it was it was just too easy. When when I got done with that client, he said, yo, bro, next week, I'm going to pull up one of my buddies. All right, shit, cool. Bro, I think next Wednesday, pull up. My barbershop was in a cut, like, in the little neighborhood. I see two big bodies pull up, bro, big ass. Big ass truck. I see another like big ass B7 Alpina BMW. And I'm near like, oh my god! So now everybody in the barbershop is looking around like, yo, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, yo, this guy really just having just plays come in here like it's random. Like, 
and then bam. So I got in there. So now my mentality is like, yo, bro, I get one, like, and, and, I, and I live by this. You get one chance to impress these people. Absolutely. You get yeah. one chance. You either, you either, you either, like, you either make it or don't make it, bro. Either you could, your impression, you could, you could come off as a cool dude, or you could be like, yo, bro, I ain't never talking to this clown again. Yeah. Like, there's really no middle ground because it's either, it just goes off the vibes because there's so many of us trying to get to the situation. And the thing is that, like, us as barbers, is almost like we don't try to build with each other. What I've seen in the business a lot, and I've seen it with countless barbers that I've tried to put on, is that as soon as you put them on, they'll try to cut a client, and they'll right away they'll try to cut your throat. Like, yo, bro, listen, now he pushed the line back down here, and I brought you, and then clients looking at you like, yo, bro, listen, that's my man at the end of the day, bro. Like, I ain't never seen nothing wrong with my cut, so I don't even know why you got to be kicking his back in. Like, so that's kind of how... So mm. that kind of opened the door towards 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 uh towards sports. But what happened when that door opened was I started realizing that the longevity in the NFL for players is very short. Something I had no clue about. I'm thinking like, yo, mm. I cut this guy, this is gonna be my client for 10 years. No. Hell, hell no. Like hell fucking four and no. a half, five years max. <laughs> four and a half, five years max if you nice. Yeah. If you a regular peewee type dude right. you get nice. a little six month run you get a year you know they'll give you nine hundred thousand after taxes they'll make 500 they'll go blow 350 400 on the motion right. they got a hundred thousand to play they'll be cool with paying for the haircuts for six months seven months top of the, and then bro right. once you get cut right. back to louisiana my brother <laughs> and then you feel me so now i'm now i'm starting to realize mm -hmm. oh shit so i'm i was consistently cutting a lot of the guys you know like Le'Veon bell Bilal Powell, um, Devin Smith. Like, I'm cutting a whole bunch of the big dogs, but then now I'm noticing, like, damn, bro, even the big dogs don't got longevity in this shit, bro. Yeah. Like, it, it, don't, it don't need, you don't, you you could be a superstar, and it's not up to the, it's up to the faculty, it's up to, it literally is up to the team. It's up to the white people all the time to tell you, like, yo, bro, you know, I ain't feeling you no more, bro. Yeah. Like, you got to get the stepping. So that's when I started noticing, like, I, I need to do something that is going to be more consistent because this is cool, but it doesn't have no longevity because I could get a 50 from any of my clients. I need to build this to the next level where I could actually, like, where my, my thought was, if I get to entertainers, it's going to be, it's gonna, there's more longevity in that. Why? Because they worry about the image. A football player throws the helmet on and it's over, bro. You're not looking at his face. Like, it's almost irrelevant. Aaron Donald. Unless they Aaron Donald. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Bro, it's rare. It's very rare. Like, it's very rare. So I looked at it like, yo, if I get to entertainers, if I get to these rappers, if I get to these to whatever, to just people that be in front of the camera or they worried about the image a lot, I feel like, yo, you know what? This is going to be my, my, my go-to just off the strength that I'm nice with this crap. Like, I, I know I know how to get these haircuts where they look a little more HD than the regular haircut. Right. So I, I capitalized on that. And then I just started kind of networking more. I started paying attention more. Like, a lot of barbers, what they do, and this is gems. Like, whoever's watching, bro, this is dead-ass gems because this is not shit that nobody told me, bro. But, like, when you're trying to reach to a celebrity, bro, Work around them. Don't try to automatically go to the five million followers and try and think you're gonna be, your DM is gonna be seen. It's impossible. Like you gotta think about it. It's five thousand DMs. That's how you gotta. I mean, five million DMs. If there's five million people in that in that, in that account, it's five million DMs, bro. So you gotta you gotta be a little more original. You know, these people mm -hmm. got best friends. These people got regular folks that be around them that are not famous. That they, they got access to them every day. So mm -hmm. that's you start looking at your wiggle room. You start looking like ah right, yo oh this guy's with this guy. Oh, let me let me see what's up with this dude. Let me let me holler at him. Let me try to build with him or whatever. So that's kind of how it happened. I got around some dudes in New York, which is like um like some DJs, DJ Spin King. So around 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 them, I met one of my clients, 
which was very, he's very cool with a lot of people in the industry. And one day I'm, do, I'm he's nobody in the industry, but he's, you know, he just moves around people. One day I'm giving him a, a haircut at his house. And um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with a, with a guy named Vinyls. I can't. You guys heard the, the song Rich Flex? Recently yeah. just came out. Uh, mm -hmm. He's the guy that produced that. He's one of my mm -hmm. good clients, my man Vinyls. And he works with Drake, like, directly, mm -hmm. so he's real. At that time, I had reached out to Vinyls through DMs. Obviously, like I said, this guy got 100,000 barbers after him trying to give him a haircut. So me sending another DM is just another DM. Like, it's just like, all right, bro, cool, it's another DM, whatever. When I'm giving my man a haircut, who walks in through the door? The guy Vinyls. So now I'm there giving a haircut to a random guy that I didn't know these two guys had a connection. But then now I'm there cutting I'm, as soon as I seen him walk in, you know, I'm acting like I don't even know the guy. I'm just there like, oh, what up, fam? Like, I'm acting cool as shit because you feel me? Like, you don't want to sell your, like, you don't want to be the, yo, bro, I got you. Let me, I, I, you know, like, because it kind of, it kind of waters down your value because if, right. if, you're, if you're nice at what you do, you don't really got to beg nobody to sit in your chair. Like, they already know what time it's going to be as soon as they sit down. So, bam, I, 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 I finished cutting my man. I didn't even say nothing about vinyls. I just stayed quiet. I said, yo, bro, no doubt, bro. I left. That's following the following week, the same client called me to give him a haircut, but he was at Vinyl's house this time. So now mm. I'm like, oh shit, all right. Now I was a little out of the way. Now I'm in the house. You feel me? I'm still not cutting him, but now, now you're gonna pay attention to what I'm doing because I'm in your house. I'm around your people. So right. man, I get done, I get done giving him that haircut. And as soon as I get done giving my man that haircut, Vinyl's tells me, like, yo, bro, listen, next week you got me, like you could pull up on me. I'm like, you know, I'm going to check my schedule, bro, but more than likely I could. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro, of course. I'm in my head like, hell yeah, I'm going to pull up next week. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's lit. But as soon as, as soon as I pulled up, so it kind of it kind of just, it was like a domino effect. By the grace of God, I can't tell you exactly how every client happened, but bam, I cut vinyls. Then the following week, I'm cutting, I'm not not the following week, but, you know, I'm just getting around more people. So now one time I'm, I'm in Vinyl's house and, uh, and, and he, he, he's like, yo, bro, come pull up with me on, on a random Wednesday, I believe it was. It was around the MTV Awards. I get to his house. I don't know if you guys know who Boy Wonder is. He's like one yeah. of Drake's right-hand yeah. men. I get to Vinyl's house. I walk up the stairs. I look and I'm like, oh, shit, that's fucking Boy Wonder. This is crazy. Like, I'm, it, this, these are guys that I follow because I'm a, like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lover of hip-hop. I've been, you know, a hip-hop head my whole life. So these are, these are things that I pay attention to just because I know, like, you know, as much as as much as the rapper or the celebrity is important, they they always got a boss. Most of the time, they got a, a higher up. Most of the times, they got people in the background. They make the same amount of money, but they not they might not be as famous. Right. And I'm cool. That was it, bro. I don't need the fame. Like I said, I don't need the fame. I just need to get around the circle in order to be able to connect the dots that I need to connect. Which my my, my force to connect the dots was my haircut. That was the only way I could, because I wasn't going in there talking. I wasn't going in there explaining to them, oh, I'm nice, this, this, and that. I had to literally let my Clippers talk, and for them to see them, like, nah, this dude is noticeably nice, bro. Like, I'm getting haircuts for $50. He's coming to my house at that time. I was probably charging him, like, 150 And at that time, they're like, yo, bro, $150 is a little, is a little steep, but it's kind of worth it, bro, because this shit hitting a little different. Yeah. So it just kind of started. Is it is it ever a time when, when you going in and you, you're cutting a, a – a person of that stature for the first time, right? And once you go ahead and you quote your price, is there ever a time where you had to uh, explain that price to one of these upper upper tier clients? And and if you if so, how did you go about doing that? So, so the thing is that look, a lot of times when you get in the room, a lot of times these celebrities, like I said, they're they're so used to people charging them cheap because they want a picture so bad that it's watering. Like, whatever we do is watering down so bad.
because now they expect, oh, bro, but you pulled up. But damn, bro, my man, my man charged me fifty, bro. Like, how right. you charging two fifty? Like, that is five times of what I paid. Right. But I mean, like, you feel me? So I've I've encountered that like like various times, of course. But it's kind of like that's where that's where that, that's kind of like where your value stands. Because if I go in there like, yo, it's gonna be uh three hundred, and they're like, nah, bro, it's two. All right, just give me fifty then. Well, I just I just shot myself in the foot. <laughs> I just shot myself in the foot, bro. Just I just can't get yeah. both myself. That pushback, how do you negotiate that conversation? How do you not negotiate the price, but how do you negotiate that conversation? So, look, my answer to this is, my answer to that is basically, I don't negotiate. Because these people don't go to fucking Louis Vuitton and say, yo, bro, listen, I know y'all paid $50 for that wallet, but you trying to get me for $700, I got 200 Right. Nah, bro. But like it I'm is. Saying, it, I'm not saying negotiate the prices. I'm talking about how do you, how do you stress the the value in you to them? You gotta because stand, you you gotta stand firm. And I don't mean to cut you out. I don't mean to cut you out. But you gotta stand firm because this happened to me a couple of weeks ago with a celebrity, and and they are they were they're returning celebrity, but they was just like this particular time. She was like, I think you charged me too much, and I was like, How dare you? You know, at right. the end of the day you have to understand one thing yeah you may be a celebrity but i am too um you know the value you know whatever it is that i'm offering you want that you understand what i'm saying you could go to anybody out here but you want what i have to give you so that speaks a lot you know a lot about who i am and what i have to offer so it's really no debate but they get that they, they will like he said they will try to get to you because People have charged them so cheaply or so inexpensively, I'll say that, because they want the, the exposure. They want the picture. Well, I can get a picture out of a book and, and, and put you next to me. And guess what? I, I and You know, Photoshop, I've created my own picture of me and you. You know, that we have wonders of that. But if you don't stand firm on your value, on your crap, on, on what you have to offer and, these and people, I, they I, will take you. And like he said, it's no negotiation. It's like, well... Well, this is what you charge me this. And, and, my, and my thing was just this. I said, you know what? If you can do this, 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 this at home, right. they can listen your price. And then it's just like, then it's like, then it's like, oh, okay, never mind. You know, yeah. Because, right. no, you know, you want the certain, that's like me, that's like you making a song and saying, hey, uh, I know this song is worth 50000 but because you doing it, I'm look, only gonna let it go this for This is another thing I gotta say. Oh. Uh, I feel like a, a common misconception is of what a celebrity really is, bro. Like there's dudes out here with a blue check that are dead fucking broke. So just because they get the blue check, when you, you reach out to them, you're thinking like, oh shit, celebrity, because they got a blue check. Mm -hmm. Once you get around, you realize like, Ooh. oh wait, hold on, like these dudes, this this guy's popped and panicking. Like, I'm doing better than he's doing. Like, I don't I don't Ooh. like like so Ooh. you kinda that's when you start. Noticing, like, like if if I want if I wanted to get to oh oh like me personally, I'm speaking of of course. If I wanted to get to every celebrity or every blue check, I mean, I would have drove myself crazy because there's just so many of these blue checks that are not not actual people. It's not Absolutely. they don't really have this like this Instagram perception of what 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 success is is it's not completely real. screwed up of what of what real success really is like absolutely yeah these guys might like you might see these people post instagram like oh i cut this guy with a blue check and it sounds cool and all that bro it might it might sound cool for the for the views and all that shit but in a realistic sense when if you're going around a person that's trying to make it they just got a blue check but they're trying to make it bro 250 dollars 
three hundred dollars is a lot of money for, for them, bro. That's a budget for for the week. That's a budget for a video for them. That's a budget for a band. And that's what I'm saying. That's what I said. Y'all misunderstood. A lot of people when they hear that 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 question, they immediately, especially as barbers, we're passionate about what we do, right? So when you hear that question, mm -hmm. I've noticed that the the reaction is immediately hair trigger because it, it sounds like an attack on your value as a barber. And we take it as, oh, well, I ain't negotiating my price. That's not what I mean. I'm not saying negotiate your price. I do believe there is a way that you have to be able to move forward in that conversation when someone's um, devaluing you unknowingly or when someone's bringing to question your price. In that situation, right, if you're, you're in a place where, say, for instance, I'm a celebrity, right? I'm the, the latest, greatest, whoever the hell, whatever the fuck, right? you cutting somebody's hair or you're servicing somebody and I come to you and I say, oh man, I'm a, can you get me when you get done with them? And then you give me your price and you say, yeah, I got you. And you, I sit down, you do my hair and I'll be like, how much I owe you? And in my mind, because like you said, there's so many people in the profession who would kill that opportunity that, that you just right. got. And we both know a lot of celebrities play on that. Right. So let's say we get to that point. You finish you and you quote your price. All right, that's three fifty. And I'm like, damn, three fifty. Bro, I usually pay seventy for this weekly basis. My mm -hmm. question isn't how do you negotiate your price or how do you uh, explain yourself. My question is how do you move forward in that conversation because ultimately. Time is going to tell if that's a client to retain. I got to answer for that. Mm -hmm. I think I got to answer for that. The thing is that like, so, so back to the point of the hundred dollar client, the thing is that I feel like barbers are trying to raise mm -hmm. their, their price on a client on their client's tail. You get me? So it's like, if you're everyday folk, like I, what, how I was able to level up was the fact that like my clientele is crazy because from my town, I can honestly tell you guys from like my town where I'm from, the clients that I grew up with, the people I grew up around, I probably have maybe like in in a, in a in a in a in a weird number, maybe like five percent of what the clientele that I grew up cutting now. Mm -hmm. My clientele now mm -hmm. is scattered all over the place. The thing, and and that's that's because not everybody in my area is able to afford a hundred dollar haircut. Right. You get me? So it's like as much as I might feel like, yo, bro, listen, nah, I need a hundred dollars because that's why I feel like I'm worth. A client might even understand that, like, yo, bro, listen, I hear you. But if you go up $100 on me, my brother, I might not be able to get to you. You know why? Because that, for me, that's a $400 bill a month, which it could be car payment. It could be insurance. Right. It could be X amount of things. You get me? So it's it, it, to impose a price on a client or a clientele that you've been and then you know where you're at. Because what also matters a lot is the area that you're in. Absolutely. Like, you, if, if you're in an area where the, the average income is, X amount of dollars and you're trying to charge a hundred dollars per cut. It's just not going to work just off the strength that the, the people will not be able to afford it. Right. And you also got to understand when you create, when you create, uh, when you want to separate your, when you want to separate your prices and you want to up your prices, what you create in a separation, you're standing out from that. So what happens in that, in, when you stand out, you create a gap. Yeah, absolutely. You create a gap. So it's either you're going to cater to the, upper to the people that you want to charge $100 to because it, yeah, you're going to have people to charge you $100 to, but I, I can't honestly tell you guys, yeah, I got, I got a lot of clients that I charge, you know, a, a high amount, but I got to get to those clients. I got to go around my way 
to be able to meet those ends. It's different for me being a barbershop and every client, like I, I highly doubt that in any barbershop, there's clients that get $100 after every cut because it's just almost impossible to have that, especially where we're at. You know, New York, New Jersey, there's, I guess, like the income is a little higher, but I'm pretty sure it's different if you move into like West Pennsylvania or, or I don't know, or just any other little town. It's, it's harder to tell a person, yo, it's $100 because it's unheard of. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's, that's one of the reasons that I feel like this conversation that Jalen Rose sparked was so important is, is because, one, understanding value regardless of where you are, who you are. Understanding value is as equally as important as your ability to communicate your value. If you can't communicate your value with your targeted clientele, you're not worth what you ask because you can't communicate why your value is what it is. And I think that as barbers and stylists, a lot of times we have realistic ideals about why I should charge $100, why I'm valued at $300, why I'm valued at $200. But we don't practice enough or we don't have enough communications or structured understanding <laughs> on how I can associate and communicate that to somebody who does not understand that value because they don't work within this infrastructure. All of us on this podcast, right, right now, and a lot of people in the comments, we can understand the importance of the value of if I have to leave the shop during the day, you've cost me more money than you're going to pay me. I don't have to explain that to you. You understand that immediately. But the person that you're going to, that, that celebrity client, more than likely does not understand that. They don't know that that's the thing. Then in addition to that, Hank, and I'm sure you can speak to this, a lot of times they need you on an immediate basis. It's when I need you, where I need you, and how I need you. It's not what's convenient for you. I do, but from what you've said, you do have clientele like Joe. Uh, Fat Joe, you've you've made a rapport with him. You've built a rapport with him where he's probably somebody that you can fit in your books and not throw off the whole rest of your day. Right. But if you got somebody that's flying in town for the weekend for a show or to produce or whatever, and you the recommended barber throughout the ranks of the celebrities, well, now they hit Heck up in the middle of Heck's Friday or his Saturday. Hey, I'm finna, we finna be doing whatever, Coachella in New York. Right, right, right. I've been told you to do. I need you to, to can you get to me right. this Drake? Nine times out of ten, you're not going to pass up that opportunity because of how valuable it is for you to get that opportunity and what it other doors it may open for you through right. that, right? So right. now you have to make a decision as heck the barber, not just heck the celebrity right. barber. Because right, right, right. Of course. the barber has to choose, okay. How many more heads do I got for today? How many do I potentially have to cancel or reschedule? Then when I get to this, how long is it going to take me to get there? How long is it going to take me to service? Is he going to be ready when I get there? Or is this something that's going to take me to spend my day to do? Right. Once I complete this task today, how is it going to affect my tomorrow? Right? right. That's my question. That's what I'm more interested in. How are our guys like yourself and like you, Deanna, how are you having those conversations or are those conversations that you're having at all? So, so I feel like at that point, um, a client, like, like you said, a client like Fat Joe is a client that understands value and he understands time and just ha he's a successful guy. So he understands that he's not able to be in the same place, you know, like 
he gets bookings at the same time. He's not able to make every booking at the same time. Absolutely. It's just things that you got to pass up on. So it's like it's like the growing pains, I feel like. When 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 you're going through it, you got to kind of it almost gets to a point where you got to kind of like, you know, balance everything out. Like, yo, is that worth if it's is it worth my opportunity? Is it worth my time? It's gotta be somebody, bad. Like you said, if it's if it's a person that it, it I mean, I don't want to like play nobody, you feel me? But if it's a person that holds no value, that it's like, yo, bro, all right, cool, I might go over there and make that, but I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna go make an extra hundred dollars because if he's a, I, I, it's, it don't make no sense. You get me? And I, I I've had to turn it down. Like, time tonight that that word has come. I'm so glad that that is. Let me first tell you how refreshing and how appreciative I am as a barber in this industry that I love to hear a barber who who's making the moves that you're making understand the importance of it's, it's so many yes. barbers in this industry and i know you've had a lot of them yourself in new york yeah sure, the importance of balance and how counterproductive not having it is to anything that you stand to gain in this industry yeah bro 100 percent. i mean it, it's it, it it looks it looks good it looks good from far but it, for sure it takes it looks good from far because from far you know you get the quote-unquote fame you get the quote-unquote oh you know he's lit oh he's making the extra x amount of dollars you get me but just just like anything it just takes it takes hard work it takes a lot of dedication it takes a lot of commitment it takes a lot of like you know like for a barber in a barbershop all you got to worry about is for your client to be on time with your client you know exactly. one of the factors in my, my life is, is traffic like <laughs> that's literally a factor into what I do. And New York, Traffic, that's like real normalcy of a thing. I, bro, you got to know how to move. Like, I, thank God I've been fortunate to do this shit for a long time, so I know how to move in New York City. I got the parking lots that I know, oh, I could pull up, right. that one's going to be empty around the corner for me. I got, like, I've been trying to figure it out because I've been working through it, you get me? So how I've been able to, like, you, and, and back to and back to the question, how I'm able to, to, to basically establish my value and not really go back and forth, I feel like the value comes from the quality of your work, the yeah. quality of the person that you are. You got to be a quality person in order to stay in these rooms. You got to be a quality person. And I mean that all around. I don't go, like, a big thing that I see with barbers is, like, barbers want to go charge $100 a, a haircut, right? Mm -hmm. Bro, most of the fucking barbershops I go to, I'm going to be honest with you guys, most of the barbershops I go to, I go check a barber station, and the station is looking filthy. Crazy. First of all, that, that just, that's just to start off. <laughs> Second of all, you, they borrowing shit from right. the next barber. Cool. Third of all, I right. feel like, and this is a big thing, I feel like the game has been watered down by enhancements. I don't knock them. I use enhancements a lot, but it's been watered down by enhancements, bro, because everything right. looks good. Like, if you guys look at every haircut now, it's like, damn, bro, every barber is crazy with it. Nah. Because Instagram uh, got this, it got that every barber <laughs> is too much. Like, bro, nowadays I'll be looking at shit, I'm like, Jesus, but Lord, like, these you know what's what? there, crazy. And then when I was sending a client to a person, my client would come back like, yo, bro, I ain't going to lie, heck. Like, th that was crazy, bro. Why'd you send me to this person? Like, yeah. I just had a complaint from a barber in L.A. I'm not going to put him on blast, mm -hmm. but from one, you know, top, quote-unquote, top barbers in L.A., one of my clients went to him, my client came back like, yo, bro, I ain't going to lie. This, that was crazy. That was the worst experience I had. You, when you pull up somewhere, you're, you're, the way you pull up is very important. You can't go pull up somewhere asking for a high price looking like crap. And right. I mean that in every... Like, if your case, the case that I carry is a gold case, the setup, like, when I pull up to you, bro, we don't need nothing. The only thing I might ask for you is a chair. Yes. I don't need 
need light. I don't need this. Right. I don't need that. I might not, bro. I don't need nothing, bro. Sit down in the chair and enjoy yourself, bro. Wherever you're at, any comfort, any dark, bro. I, 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 I do this shit for real, so I understand how to, how, to, how to, the client has to see the value in me. But you get me? I, you know I'm what? Not that, that speaks to something I was talking to a young brother in the shop today about, and I think this can be applied across all platforms of uh, whatever it is that you're pursuing in your in your personal endeavors. Failure to plan is your plan to fail. You to those situations you've planned. Because I know I do a lot of house call cuts. Well, not anymore, but I used to do a lot of house call cuts. I've been flown out to different places to do like uh, on-set cuts and then this, that, and the other kind of earlier in my career. But I understood that, that I don't know what I'm going into. They could be in a basement yeah. in the dark with a flickering light bulb. I have to be prepared to bring what they saw on Instagram. The guy, you got, got to bring the barbershop quality haircut wherever I go. I don't got a mirror. Yo, bro, the mirror, bro. No, you, I mean, you guys know the mirror is your best friend. Absolutely. I don't, I don't have no mirror. Yo, bro, I haven't worked with a mirror in so long that it's like, even, even when I go to my studio, it's mm. almost weird to like turn because it's just, I'm already accustomed to, to, to the way that I have my stuff set up. Like, so, so it's something that I understood. You get me? Like I said, bro, I think that, I think that, that, you know, there's always going to be a separation with good barbers and bad barbers. There's always going to be a separation with the people that understand it and the people that don't. And there's going to be people that, that, that you able to grow with in this career and you see them elevate. And there's, because just how I see how I'm doing, you get me? Sometimes I do get caught up in the whole Instagram too. Like, damn, yo, I remember when that guy came up and then he's out of here. But, you know, sometimes you just tend to focus on the numbers. You tend to focus on the on the nonsense, like, oh, this guy got more followers, so he's more lit. But me doing what I do, you know, now I get a lot of insight of, like, who's really doing what in the in industry, what barbers are really doing, what they're, so, you know, what they're supposed to be doing or what they really do. And then now you start realizing, like, oh, it's, it's not what it seems. It's, Instagram is not what it seems. You get me? It's not... It's not it's not what it portrays. A lot of a lot of time a lot of barbers are doing very well. You know, there's a lot of big time barbers like you know, I'm from New Jersey and like for example, my man Chaz, you guys know Chaz the barber, mm -hmm. he's doing excellent. I've I've that was the guy I grew up looking at. So me even being close to doing like to what he does is just already like a a a a a, a plus to me because the shit that I do now, like I'm I'm being super honest, it's things that I used to really dream about. Like I really used to look at Fat Joe like, yo, bro, damn, yo, one day when I get a chance, I'ma lace that guy. And when I got in the room, I was like, oh, my goodness, bro. I'm really, like, I really got to do this now. Like, Absolutely. I really got to perform. You get me? So that's when it becomes, like, you know, that, that's when you know you made for it, bro. You can't you can't get a shaky hand when you go in those rooms. You got to really, you know, if you're talking to talk, you got to walk in there and really walk the walk. Like, you, your hand can't get shaky, bro. Once the cameras start popping out, taking a minute, now you can't start getting sweaty or looking like you out of place because the client's going to notice that. That energy is is easily transferred. Like, if you're not feeling something, it's just transferable. The client's going to feel it. Just how, if you know the client's not feeling your cut, you know it because it's happened right. to one of us. Absolutely. When a client's not feeling your cut, you already know. Right. They're already looking too much in the mirror. They're turning too <laughs> much. They're asking you what you're doing here. Like, so you start understanding, you know, the, 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 the value of things. Absolutely. You start to understand that the way that, the way that you're handling the situation is either conducive to what you want right. Counterproductive because, like you said, if you mishandling it, you gonna know because they gonna be like you said, moving unsure. That's when the best feeling you can get as a barber. Two things. One of them is the ultimate test with enhancements. I'm gonna tell you about that. But the first one is when you get somebody who's sitting in that chair that's accustomed to doing this, 
you get halfway through the cut and just off how you've carried that cut, they stop at the mirror. Right. And that, that's the most satisfying feeling as a barber. The second, well, in addition to expand on that one, the additional one is once you cut somebody's hair a few times and when you handle the mirror, they won't take the mirror no more. That's that's the biggest compliment you could have as a client. Like, I literally tell my Ooh. client, nah, bro, you, you got to look at this, bro. I'll like, nah, bro. Yeah. Like, nah, bro. Yeah, I, don't want that. Like, I just, I just spent <laughs> some time doing this, bro. Now I want you to take a look. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't, take, don't take it for granted. Like, this shit... This is good work, like you get me. And then the second one to me, which is the the absolute biggest test, but also a compliment to you if you pass the test. When someone sits in your chair, and this speaks to the enhancements. So if you're a barber that uses enhancements, listen to this. When someone sits in your chair, and you cutting their hair, and you you do all your work because if you use enhancements right, your foundation, your haircut should be complete before you even. Ask if they want them first. Let's let's start there. That's the first gym that's free. Second one is this: when you ask somebody, "Bro, do you use enhancements? Would you like me to enhance this for you?" And they say, "What is that?" Oh, well, it makes it darker. I can use a fiber. I can use a, 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 a semi-permanent paint. I can use—I mean, a semi-permanent hair dye. I can use a permanent hair dye, or use a combination of of the three to give you the desired look that you want or the longevity that you want from it. If they look you dead in your face and say, no, nah, I don't want that. I want it natural. And you blaze that cut natural and that shit look enhanced, they're going to tell you about it. Trust me. They're going to tell you. Because most people, when you ask them about enhancements, they know what the fuck enhancements are. We're in 2023. The internet is everywhere. People know what enhancements are. They're testing you to see if you can do it without it. The thing is, and, and that's the thing, bro. The enhancement is supposed to enhance. A haircut still supposed to... Nowadays, any enhancement... That's why I feel like it, it draws the clients kind of away from it. Just because Instagram, it looks just so painted on. Absolutely. It it's just overused. Bro. Like, yo, bro, I'm not, I don't want paint on my face. But you're trying to explain to them, like, yo, bro, listen. The way I could do it, bro, is, is going to look... But they're already caught up in the... Nah, bro, I'm not trying to look crazy. So I'm just not with it. You get me? Yeah. Absolutely. That's that's one thing that I always I look for. I look for clients. I actually something I started to do to to kind of enhancements are like drugs, right? <laughs> you get some clients that they they so hooked on that on that spray on that that that, that fiber and that gun that you gotta wing them off of it, right? Yeah. It's like drugs. So what mm -hmm. I started doing was this is what I started doing. I've I've been a barber where I want people to see how much work and effort I put into the detail of them haircuts. So what I started doing is before, even if I know you want it, I know you want it. I know you want me to put that, that main vein in there for you. But before I touch the airbrush gun or fibers or anything, I complete that cut fully. I that mirror and I let you, let see, you see it. it. And then I ask you, do you, you still want me to enhance this? And it started to blow my mind. Guys who would not leave out this shot without getting their hairline enhanced because they didn't believe that it could look like that again without enhancements. Once I started doing that, I started to get more appreciation for the details that I do put in them haircuts. And some of them guys, I'm proud to say, are recovering addicts at this point in their life. They don't use enhancements no more, man. And if, I think that's that's one of the things that a lot of barbers who, like you said, they're, they're learning the expectations from social media. They're absorbing their information from social media. 
that's how they're approaching it. So they, they approach it like enhancements is a must. Enhancements as a, as are as important to a haircut as a comb is. And that's not the truth. That's not the gospel, man. Right. No, nah, for sure it's not, man. For sure, for sure. You get everything you said is completely right, man. Yeah. percent oh, right, my brother. That's that's and the thing is that also knowing how to work with enhancements is 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 trial and error. You get me? Like I've been doing enhancements for years. I'm gonna be honest with y'all for years, down to the point where I used to use uh Beijing before. And and I used and you know, like I said, I'll I'll do it, I'll do it to some clients, some clients. I started noticing the Beijing breaks some people out. You gotta you gotta understand Beijing just for men, some people react to it. Absolutely. So and you gotta pay attention you gotta to a, uh, no, just for men. A few years ago, maybe three and a half years ago, went through a class action lawsuit. Yeah. They broke. I dead ass had clients. Like this is when I just because you said some clients are addicted to it. So I used to have a client. They used to get a haircut every two weeks, and I mean uh, twice a week. And bro, I'm literally dying his face every two days. That gotta be harsh for the skin. Bro, bro it's, I mean you gotta understand. You clogging up the pores. Besides anything, you clogging up your pores. Like this is just common cosmetology stuff. Right. Like bro, you clogging up pores. You clogging up pores. You clogging up pores. Something's gonna happen from it, bro. It's just. And and I started noticing, so that's when you start noticing, like, oh, now, now I'm gonna do the, you know, the little patch test. Yo, let me, let me, let me see what we could do about this. Let me see what we can do about this. You get me? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that that's that to me that's 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 extremely important. I I, I want to on our next episode. We go live every Wednesday, bro. I, I don't want to do you in, bro. We go live live every Wednesday. This is our Come Away Pack podcast. Everybody that's not following, make sure you go down and follow. Brother, big right Make sure you follow him. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mr. Chris Paul of this barbering thing. We, we got to get him flowers. My man's is, is averaging a triple double every week. Make sure you follow him. <laughs> you know, hey, hey, heck, you know why they say they saying that? The what? The what? You know why they say saying that? That I'm a, I'm I'm Chris Paul. I'm um. They say I'm giving out assists because I'm bringing, bringing people onto this uh, onto. Onto this um podcast, but the reason I'm doing it is because I noticed um the quality of like the questions that they ask people, and uh, I just noticed like I've seen a lot of people do the whole podcast thing, and um in terms of like barbers and stuff, and uh and my man right here, bro, bro, these two like when I see them interview people, I just I see talent, bro. So I'm like, yo, I'm I'm I I gotta I gotta help bring people on. And then when I brought like one or two people on, now it's like I can't wait to bring them on here just to see the conversations no, because the conversations. It, for, and, and for sure, it for sure feels authentic to the craft. That's the thing. Like this is not no like this is authentic to you feel me? Because I know you guys been doing this for years, so you you've seen the evolution of of really you know even even starting the barbershop like you know we come from the times where if you wanted to get a haircut you needed to show up to the shop it ain't no appointments it ain't no nah bro show up i got 10 ahead of you bro if you want to wait wait if not you're not waiting like you, you feel me okay we come from those times where 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 we cut we cut all types of people all types of you get me so that's what, so to see what the game has turned now is like it's taking such a turn like it's just so it's so good now but at the same time it's just it's, it's i feel like at times it takes a turn to the worst just because a lot of people tend to to right. just look at this shit like a like a money pit instead of actually taking care of what the craft is. Because if you take care of the craft, it's gonna take care of you because right. people notice quality. So and it comes down. What to do you think is the What do you think right. is the countermeasure to to kind of recorrect this course? 
if that's the course that is going, it has to be something that's that's pushing it in that direction. What do you think is the, so the way? What, what, what I feel like I see a lot in, in the industry, bro, is just that there's so many educators and there's so many, like, almost like these false prophets, bro, because there's a lot of people just making money out of having fucking people pull up, but they really haven't put in the work. Somebody, So it's like, you want to go... Somebody clip that part. Or some whoever screen recording this, somebody out there doing it. Clip that part because that's gonna be the, the viral clip of the week right there. Yeah, bro. It's like <laughs> call them, bro. They, they what? The false prophets, bro. You know, you know they come in every shape, size, and form, bro. They'll talk a good game till it's time to you know what I'm saying to show up, and then they you know now it's a whole bunch of excuses, bro. So and I've seen yeah. it a lot. You get me? So I take pride in the game because I've like for example Drake, Cuffalo Drake, bro. I know this guy from, like, I don't know him. I never met this guy personally, bro. And I talk to this guy all the time. He's a genuine cat, bro. Like, a genuine cat, you feel me? So I know any anytime he tells me, like, yo, bro, this is valid. Like, I heard about you guys. I had DM the, the podcast before, but I wasn't aware that it was every Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. So now talking to you guys, to me, is super dope because it's just, like, we really get to speak barber things. You get me? Where it's not just trying to, like, really do the preachy type of do this and then you're going to bring right. success if you do these many haircuts at this, like at times it don't work like that bro everybody's process is different everybody's journey in this in this game is too different bro for you to really try to give somebody a, a, a like a like a like an instruction book yep you get me this is all trial and error like this is this is really trial and error if you're trying to get nice bro this is trial and error bro you're going to you got to eat you got to eat crap in this game bro before you really get to see the 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 the, the oh yo this is fine. Nah, bro, before that, you really got to sit in the shop and spend them days when you sit in there like, Jesus Christ, what am I doing here, bro? I ain't cut nobody today. Like, I had those days, bro. You feel me? I went from not cutting nobody, bro, to being the most book client, the most book barber at a young age. So I'm working around all the cats and they're looking at me like, yo, this why, why are you doing so much? Like, <laughs> breaking all the new clippers you do. Like, what happened to the old school barbering? Like, what happened? You get me? So I grew, I grew up around all that, bro, that I appreciate just talking to OGs because people that care about the craft seen it grow. Like, I feel like I've seen barbering grow, bro. Yeah. I really feel like from before Instagram to what it is now, like I'm talking about barbering when I used to promote on Facebook, bro, where it was just like a few cats to see where it's grown now. Like guys is getting deals off of barbering. Like it's just, it's just insane. It's, it's crazy that you are able to really support your family and make a crazy career out of cutting hair. But it's just the cons this consistency right. of it. Also, I, I think you hit it on the head, and we talk about it often on here, is social media. I think the pros and cons. I, I call this the golden era um, of barbering, but I think there, there are pros and cons because, you know, for some that are just coming into it, then they think it's fly by night. You know what I mean? Like, you're just going to be successful and watch, you know, what people do you and guys like Dre and, you know what I'm saying, just think that overnight things happen without putting – um, that that time and sacrificing and and, and yeah, you, know, really putting you need to put the hours in, bro. We all know that, bro. We, I'm pretty sure all four of us, bro. We've been like my my first run. Like I feel like this right now, what I'm doing now is kind of like my second run at barbering. I got my my my, my start, and you know I did the right. barbershop stuff, all that, and 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 I learned it, bro. I really soaked game. Like I'm talking about, bro. From from I, you know, showing up to the barbershop at nine in the morning, and I used to see one barber. You guys know success, right? Had, right? My boy, Fresh Cuts Don Daly. Sure. That's that's my dude, man. I'm sorry, sure. I got him out. No, 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 no. Oh, good. Um, I used to I used to go to the barbershop like nine o'clock. This is when I was young, and I used to always see a barber there at like six in the morning. I'm like, yo, bro, what are you doing at the barbershop at six in the morning? This is when I'm a young cat, bro. I'm like, 
probably like 16 going to the barbershop early. And I'm thinking I'm showing up on time at 9 in the morning. And I'm getting there, bro. This guy's already like, yo, bro, I'm already in like six, seven clients. Like, what, bro? Nah, hold up. So I started understanding like how, what, what it was to put in work, like to really spend the days in the barbershop and really get to know. Like, you feel me? People get out of work every time of the day. So you might be slow on a Monday and at 8 p.m. you might have a wave of people just because there's some people to get out at 8.15. There's Absolutely. some people to get out at 8.30. There's some people to get out at 9. So I tried taking all those little crumbs until I was able to build and build and build and build and build. And that way, build my price up. That way, yo, my book is, my schedule is so crazy that now I could go up a couple of dollars because if you want to get in, bro, just pay a couple extra dollars. And then it started, you know, I was able to to, to leverage that into, into, into really into really being able to charge, you know, a crazy, a crazy amount. Because there's times that I've gotten you know, paid by things, bro, that I'm in my head, I'm like, my God, bro, like, you know how much time I would have, like, there's been times that I get paid for a day that, shit, I used to have to work a week and a half, two weeks to make that. Bro, I always, I always think like that, yo, I always think, I always, always think like, bro, you feel me, always like, two weeks, always got, two weeks to make this. I, bro, I challenge myself every, every Just year, bro, every real. year around Christmas, every year around Christmas, bro, I always have like little, like, yo, let's see if we can do better than last year, bro, and I'll put in a little extra work. I'll put in the extra hour, bro. You feel me? I'll stay over midnight on, on New Year's Eve, bro. Like, I'll do that shit. You feel me? Because. But what you're talking about, what it sounds like to me is is, is accountability. You're holding yourself accountable, accountable to maintain your consistency. Right. And I think, uh, what is his name? Donnie Joseph said that he, he had a very, very uh way of saying it, but it's the same thing. Uh, he said they want the Super Bowl trophy, but don't want to uh, play the whole season. A lot, a right. lot, a lot of people coming into this industry uh, that, that speaks back to what we were saying earlier about social media. They're processing and digesting their information from a uh, smoke and mirror source. They're focusing or maybe they're not getting the proper education in the schools and they may be uh, lackluster and receiving the guidance from mentors inside the already established barbershop. So what they're doing is they're they're gathering their information from where they can get it from. And, and right now, in this day and age, newspapers have been replaced by YouTube and social media. Okay. So information from them sources, and everybody has this unrealistic, not everybody, but majority of the people coming into this industry, and even some that's already established in it, have this unrealistic belief that microwave success is possible. It's not a real thing, bro. So I think it's... It's important to have guys like yourself, Dre, Ash, uh, Coldest Clippers, uh, uh, Fresh Cuts Don Daily, uh, Mike Sharp, Diana. Who else we had on today? Uh, Reggie. We got a lot of people on here, man. That come. Tank on. be chopping. Yes, sir. Tank be, Tank be Ben gonna be, and he gonna be cutting yeah. forever chopping. <laughs> it's important to have guys like that who continue to push that narrative. KG cuts 30 years in the game. Wait, 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 Kevin, because I think we've had a, also a good mix, and then this goes again to Dre, a good mix of, of some of the OGs, but also what barbering in the future can and should look like. People Absolutely. who are respecting the craft. Absolutely. And I think what it is, what makes that so valuable is because. What it sounds like should have went to heck, then done. First off, I can I don't even know mm -hmm. how to to process that you you like Drake, y'all vampires or something. I can't process that y'all been in barbering that long, ten and twelve and fifteen years, but y'all don't seem that. Way.
way. But I believe what I'm observing, why I can't wrap my mind around it, is because you figured out how to take traditional barbering and the care, the care that you take of of your business from that traditional perspective, and blend it with with what's new and blend it with what's what's the new way to attract clientele what's the new way to get your services out there what's the new way to market yourself what's the new way to stay relevant in today's microsecond change in economy you figured out how to take your traditions and put it together with the modern era and modern times and i think that's impressive i think it's more guys like you coming that's going to continue to push that and eventually we'll start to see a shift in the direction of how barbering is and what's accepted when you come into this industry. You you won't be able to, to keep coming into the industry just taking, taking, taking and, and not depositing anything back right. into it. Right, 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 right. 100%, man. That's a fact. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing, right? I've seen a lot of barbers, right? Like, especially, like, for example, like, when, when I was going to barber school, I was at the same time working at a barber shop in the back of the shop. The, the lady was letting me work without a license, right? While I was going to barber school. And in the front, the main dude that was his main dude, I'm not going to say his name, but he was the main dude because he was, like, one of the first to do enhancement. And this was, like, 2000, back in 2010. And he was in the front. And I, I used to look up to this dude, bro. I used to look up to this dude because he was just had all the customers. He, he's actually the one, the first one that I saw that was booked up and had people waiting and, and had, a, had it all mapped out with appointments and stuff like that, right? So I was always looking up to him, right? And then I got my license. I ended up working at different shops. So I didn't see him for a long time. And then, little by little, once I opened my own shop, he he started hearing about my shop, whatever. And he one one day he walked in my uh, in, in my shop and asked me if he could work in my shop. And I was really? like, man, that's crazy how it all came around, right? Yeah. So then I started realizing, I started realizing his his um his whole uh like he had changed so much, bro. Like he was that dude. He was, and I'm pretty sure y'all know somebody like this. He was that dude that he knew that he was one of the first ones to do it in our area. And then every- Can y'all still hear me? Yeah, y'all can see him. He started seeing people come up. Yeah. People start doing their thing in different ways. And in his mind, he didn't like that. He, he saw he saw it like, hey, well, I was doing this from the beginning and this and that. You know what I'm saying? And he never changed the way he did things. They started using enhancement sprays, do, doing enhancements differently. And he never wanted to do nothing. He, in his mind, he was just mad at the fact that he was one of the first to do it and everybody stopped like everybody kind of like passed him up because he didn't like like we're talking about right. changing with the times and stuff like that always trying to learn like i'm always trying i, I i've been cutting for 11 years and i feel like i cut better today than i did two months ago you know what I'm, I'm always still trying to learn so with him he wasn't like that bro and i started seeing his attitude about the whole the of uh, how barbering was evolving in our area because we're not here where i'm at south texas it's kind of behind you know what i'm saying so he had that attitude bro and it just it's it's got to the point where it became cancerous in my own shop bro i had to let him go because he was just he was just mad at the world bro mad at everything that was happening in barbering mad at that a lot of his clients had options to go other places and they weren't just going to wait around for him when he was behind on, on appointments like they used to. They, his, his appointments started coming with us and stuff like that. And I just saw him crumble, bro. Like, and, and I just feel like the, the opposite of that is doing what I try to do or doing what a lot of these barbers try to do is just keep learning, bro, and just keep on bigging people up, bigging up. You know, if I see somebody, like, that needs help or I see somebody that got potential, bro, I'm going to do everything I can 
to make sure that he's lifted up. I want to uplift, you know what I'm saying? Because I feel that makes me feel great. That makes me feel great. You know so, what can, I'm I, so can, I, can I take this moment to right. shout out my mentor real quick? Similar situation mm -hmm. happened like that with me. When I first came into barbering, I came into a green. I don't come from a barbering background. You know, I don't have a family member in barbering. I don't, I don't come from a barber background thing like that, right? My, my introduction to barbering was as an adult man trying to figure out something that I can do where I can give more of my time back to my family. That was, that was all I wanted out of this, right? So go fast forward a few years, and I, I get to the point where I'm, I learn barbering. I get good enough in it, build up a sustainable, uh, consistent clientele to the point where I've outgrown any shop that I can go to. So I opened up my own shop to make sure that I can, one, keep growing, but also create a place and environment where more people like me can come and land safe. They can have a soft landing to their introduction into this, right? Right. Fast forward some more time, and my mentor, who's always been supportive of that, his name is KG Cuss. He's on his line right now. Hopefully he's still in here. He's always been supportive of, of my growth and me moving forward in this industry. Um, he's, he's never allowed me to adopt the mindset of settling, nor has he allowed me to, to stay stagnant anywhere too long. Even, even when it came to taking my test, we all know that when they go to, you know, going to sign up and pay that $70 to take your test, a lot of us are hesitant. It's like, I don't know enough. I don't want to fail and waste my money. He wouldn't even let me settle in stagnant mm -hmm. mindset with that. He would even push with that, like, bro, come on, we finna go cut hair. We'll go do a pop-up shop. And he will be standing next to me at the pop-up shop, cutting hair and asking me test questions, helping me study while I was pursuing my passion in this in this career field, right? Fast forward a little further, I opened my shop and similar to you, Dre. He came and he said, Man, you know what? I, I live out here, but I still travel to Nashville to cut hair. I'm thinking about coming out here and just cut hair while I live. This would be a lot more convenient for my life. And, and first and foremost, I'm, 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 yeah, hell yeah, fuck yeah, absolutely. Come on, whatever we need to do to make that happen, absolutely. You got 30 years in this industry. I already know what you can do with your clippers, but I also know moving forward that how much I can learn from you being in, in around you because you come from a traditional set of barbering, uh, approach that I don't know, right? I, I wasn't as close to it, as intimate with it as you are. So come on, let's do that. But I'm gonna admit one of my fears, one of my fears going into that was because this brother has so much time in barbering, my fear was how is he going to be able to, or how is he going to respond to having to adapt to the way that haircuts are being presented nowadays oh, because, yep. although his skill set is still very high for having 30 years in the barbering industry right i also know the guys that we cut with all use newer techniques as far as enhancement uh application as far as how people want drop phase a drop fade now is this real extreme exaggerated drop versus a traditional more mm -hmm. fluid drop right yeah. these these different things designs things like that i do a lot of design work and and i knew he was capable but my my question and my fear of hesitancy in the back of my mind was always how was he going to be able to adapt to it because we all know that a lot of times uh they call them old head barbers right 
they they aren't they're unwilling <laughs> to adjust and and like you said sometimes they can become disgruntled because they're so upset yeah. it feels like this industry that they've given so much of themselves to and forgot about yeah There's not room for them no more and the entitlement comes in from there like oh i've done this for a long time yeah yeah, entitlement. So, yeah I, I deserve the acknowledgement of the the efforts that i put in and and who are you to tell me what's the best way to do this haircut right. when I was doing the haircut when you was getting it? You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. I, I had that thought in my mind, and, and I and I went against that thought, and I followed my heart because, again, this is my mentor. I have more love for this dude than I have fear for what would come. You know, I just figured as men, as right. friends, we would be able to address that right. if it ever got to that point. But let me tell you how, man, I... I, I, it's a blessing, dude. It's, it's nothing but God. It's nothing short of God. It's a blessing. But 30 years experience, this dude still to this day, to this very day, just today, he's still learning. He's still hungry. He wants to learn. Yeah, he's still. I've watched him ask everybody in the shop, hey, uh, I noticed you did this. How you do that? Why, why you do that like that? That's beautiful, bro. Oh. I, I I love it, bro. And to me, that's, 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 that's he don't do it, huh? That's a student of life. That's a student of life. Not enough guys you know I mean? like that are getting the the acknowledgement for their ability to adjust and pivot. Because this industry is is moving extremely fast now that social media has been integrated into it. It's moving fast, bro. Those are the ones that are going to continue to be successful. You, you know what I mean? The sponges and the ones who can put their pride to the side and learn. Because we can always learn from each other. I don't care older or younger. Even when I used to coach basketball, one of the most beautiful things, coaching younger kids and doing what they've done. But they're the ones that are on the court, and they see it from a perspective while they're on the court that I don't see it from on the sideline. We can learn from each other, and that's evolution. And when you stop, willing to learn and you're not gonna grow anymore i, I don't care I what issue, your age is. i had an issue with something it's crazy that you said that bro i'm down to that to that barber willing to learn because i own i own three barbershops i no longer own barbershops anymore because i, I was so tired of dealing with barbers and nowadays the type of barbers i was dealing with mm -hmm. unfortunately me being young i wasn't able to work around older cats so i was just dragging um i was dragging barbers that mm -hmm. sort of quote unquote looked up to me but they just felt like, oh, now I can do everything you do, bro. Like, everything you do, I do it. And shit. So they were like, no of those, bro. So I had, that was one of my biggest struggles as a barbershop owner was the fact that I couldn't drag that all-star team with me. Like, it was, it was difficult for me to put those pieces together because I just was like, since I guess I'm a, I'm a quote-unquote, like, new age barber in a way. Mm -hmm. I was dragging those type of barbers towards me and i'm trying to have them understand that you know and i was putting so much trust into these guys that at the time that i'm running the barbershop i'm also trying to build my, my house coat business you know doing the home visits and all that stuff so there'll be a lot of times that i'll pull up to the barbershop early morning five in the morning then i work from five to eleven one of the clients will be one of the barbers will be pulling up at ten in the morning so he feels like he'll he'll feel like i'm there only until 11 for an hour not knowing that i'm there you know seven hours prior to you like Perception. i already did this absolutely so then I started then I started getting I, I started having difficulty trying to like manage these guys because they feel like oh now Hank's not here I'm gonna just chill bro like, I don't got no clients today and I'm telling them like yo bro 
you don't got no clients because you're not waiting, bro. Like, you're not, like, what makes you special enough for a client to be like, you know what, I'm going to wait for this guy. Like, why can't I just go to the next barbershop? Like, but that's, that's part of that, that, um, that allure of microwave success. And that's also part of that binding to what you see on social media. They feel like as long as I can cut the way you do and my haircuts look like yours, there's no reason your success shouldn't be my success. Yeah, and bro, that would that. like you. Bro, I close, I closed my barbershops down. I sold one barbershop and I closed another one down because of that. Because right after the pandemic, my barbers got so, yo, bro, so comfortable. You know, I rolled out the pandemic, bro. I'm still holding it down the rent. I'm still paying the bills. I'm still making the shop, make sure the shop is clean. You know, by the time that they were said, yo, bro, you could get back to the barbershop. I'm thinking these guys are coming back hungry as hungry. ever because I'm coming, bro. I swear yeah. to God, guys, I used to sit in the barber. Yo, bro, I used to go to my barbershop and sit in my chair and really just sit there like, damn, son, I cannot believe we're not able to fucking cut hair. Like, this is crazy. And oh, I would, I'm I in my barbershop. I swear to God, bro, I used to sit in my barbershop for hours, watch movies, just sit there because I'm like, damn, I miss this fucking place. So I'm thinking these guys are in the same type of time. When the when the state says, yo, bro, you guys go open up the barbershop, I'm hitting these guys up like, yo, bro, I got his uniforms, this, this, and that. They're hitting me with that. Yo, bro, honestly, bro, I've been collecting unemployment, and you know, since I don't have no... And I'm there like, bro, what? Like, yo, I just did this for you. Yeah, like, I could have just closed this shit down, and you know, I'm saving myself mad, but I'm there like, damn, bro, like, y'all left me hanging. So that yeah. difficult. That was so difficult for me right. that I said, you know what, bro? I can no longer give my so much energy into trying to make the barbershop thing happy because that was a dream of mine you know growing up as a barber you grew up in a barbershop is yeah i'm a barber the next step to every barber is yo i gotta be a barbershop owner bro i was just I was thinking to... that earlier i was just thinking that earlier i was bro. able I to do it so now i'm able to do it i'm like oh shit so as soon as i was I, as soon as i like bro i'm talking about i have i had the barbershop filled within like two months all barbers working so after that i was here we opened up another one i'm on some shit like yo bro i'm putting it all in the line i'm putting it all in the line so when they wasn't able to respond back to me the same with the same energy i was kind of like Damn, bro, like maybe I'm maybe I already separated myself so much from being in a barbershop that is is it, it wasn't for me at that moment. So I had to just let it go, bro. Yeah. Before everybody leave, I want y'all right. to uh to check out, make sure that you are following I Cut My Way Out underscore pod. Hit that bell notification. You will be notified every time we go live. We go live every Wednesday here on Instagram. If you are a barber stylist professional in the industry or not in the industry. You're somebody that want to tell your story or, or give us a scenario where you can let people know how you were able to cut your way out of a situation that wasn't conducive for you want to know. If you have something that you can share with us, that uh, someone, someone you can share with us that you would like to see on I Cut My Way Out to share their story because you feel like they're undervalued and they're not getting the flowers they deserve, this is the platform to hold them up for the world to see the dms make sure that they're following i cut my way out underscore pod make sure you're following and let us know we'll reach out to them or they can reach out to us either way we are here to be connected with and we want to connect with you with that being said you can also subscribe um to our channel on youtube and for those who came in the middle of this we'll be able to um absolutely i like what you said heck man we were talking earlier with a brother out of oklahoma his name is dj cuddy i met dj this weekend in texas i'm so frustrated i didn't schedule more time to get out there to to see you dre but i think you was like an hour and a half in the other direction but anyway i met this brother out in texas at a show and uh dj was speaking earlier on 
one of the things that I think will create that 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 narrative or that space where you'll get frustrated with barbershop ownership uh, as far as your your mm -hmm. counterparts inside that shop not having the same passion about the business part as you do is because the environment has to be conducive to not just what you believe the right direction is. Right. It has to be conducive and it has to gel. Like everyone has to buy in to the agenda. And that is one of the most under-discussed, hardest agendas to accomplish in barbershop ownership, like, like you guys were discussing earlier. As barbers, we have bought into the narrative that once you get good enough to cut hair and have a big clientele, the next natural, right, natural move as a barber is open a barbershop. Go, go to a suite. Yeah. I think that, that that needs to change first because everybody isn't meant to, to own a barbershop, to own a business. Everybody is meant for that. And I yeah. also believe that there are a whole lot of other undiscovered and underutilized lanes after you've established your clientele within this industry that not enough of us talk about. So what I want to do is I want to start that conversation. Are you guys familiar with, or do you feel that there are any other underutilized places for barbers who built up a standing clientele where they can take their barbering pursuit to the next level? I mean, I don't, I, I don't think it has to be, uh, it doesn't have to stay in the industry. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I think I think there's plenty. Of, like I, I ran into this page on Instagram. It's, it's called High Side Hustles. Side Hustles something. I, I gotta look it up. But um, basically all they do is is this dude just posting up different ways that you can make money off the internet, bro. And it's just I see him so, on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so crazy because it's like there's so many ways to make money off the internet. You just gotta do the research. So it doesn't necessarily have to be. And like Heck was saying, and like you guys are saying. I see so many barbershops open up and close down within a couple months, bro. Yep. And it's, it's because of that same reason, like, in their mind, like, oh, I'm a barber, I'm doing good. Or a lot of times, they're not even fully booked, and they just run into some money. Or somebody somebody who don't know nothing about the industry in their yep, family, invest, one of their yep. family members say, oh, yo, I got this money. I've been wanting to invest. Let's do this. They open up. And then they don't even know how to, they don't even have relationships with other barbers. They don't go to barber schools and build these relationships. They don't. They don't know what it takes to, to have barbers just like I've been I've been getting lucky lately because I've been established long enough that barbers just show up randomly all the time, hit me up all the time. They want to work, you know what I'm saying? But it wasn't always like that. You, you I have to do for the barbers, bro. You you don't understand. I keep telling you, bro. You are bro. Right. What'd you say? You are Ali, bro. You the dude for the barbers. <laughs> no, nah, but I, I honestly the way and the reason I come off like that is because I'm it's like I might sound stupid, right? But like, I never read a whole book in my life, bro. I have this thing about myself that I can't, I can't watch movies. I can't, um, I can't sit down and play board games. Like, I have a real short attention span, right? So I teach. When I teach, I teach, um, mm -hmm. like I learn. You know what I'm saying? Which is keep it simple. You know what I'm saying? Keep it simple and just and just be real. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, so I I I don't reach out to when when I'm when I'm any any reel that I'm trying to make or anybody that I'm trying to reach out to is usually people that's in the dirt in the, in trying to get out the dirt, trying to get into the point where they can just have a solid clientele. You know what I'm saying? That's why I reach out to because I feel like those are the ones that need the most help. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm.
So, and that's fun for me. Like, I'm, I'm starting to learn that about myself, that I really, really love helping, bro. That's something that I just love to do. And that's you know? why you are a dude, bro. You, I, you bring something to the I, industry. Even, even with the guys that you don't get the opportunity to reach out to, just in your creativity and your content and the things that you're speaking about, and you're reaching out to more than what you know. That's a fact, bro. That, I, I got, I got, I got to say the same thing, bro. You got Dre, bro. Bro, you like a, like a tornado, bro. Like you came out of nowhere and shook shit up, bro. Not for nothing, bro. Like I've been told you that, and and it's crazy because, bro, you in the like as as long I've never seen something happen. Kind of like what you doing, bro. You really influencing people into like you making. You making the regular barbers feel like they got a voice, bro. You feel me? Like you making regular. You know how many, bro? Like I, I that has to do with content because of you, bro. That's what's up. That's crazy. I bro. see it. I see <laughs> mad barbers doing content, bro. I did, bro. I did a song because you told me to do it, bro. Like you feel me, bro? Like, <laughs> hey, it came out fire. It's fire. Too. It's just things it's that too. that you don't even think about. That, bro. Like you really came to the game, and, and you know what it is, bro. You a genuine dude, bro. You don't come off gimmicky. You don't come off like. Like the like the thing is that like bar like once a barber hits a certain plateau, I feel like they get real celebrity leap. They get real, <laughs> you know, the chains pop out a little more. The designer now you want to talk to them, and now yes. it's yo, bro. Now it's oh, I don't see the and I, and I see it, bro. I've seen it happen with so many dudes, and I'm like, yo, bro, why is this nigga act like he's a celebrity? Like, bro, like you a regular ass cat, bro. Like, what are we doing, bro? Like. Bro, that's, know, regular that's, how, dude. that's how I really but feel. Like, it it drives me crazy yeah. the fact that I'm like, bro, like, why do why why are we trying to like like make ourselves seem bigger when we all come from this, from the from the same place, which is a barbershop, bro? Like, the barbers. That's how people. Like, I, I tell people all the time, man. Let, let, I don't. I, I don't like. I, I, like the, the separation <laughs> with that is crazy hold, to me. Because, hold on, right quick. Go let, ahead. <laughs> let, me, let me say this right quick. Um, I'm I'm starting to look at. Cutflow Dre as a barber, bro. This guy, bro. Ambassador. This guy has a voice. I'm, I'm, fact. You make connections with other barbers, and then creating those relationships from mm -hmm. other barbers to other barbers, right? And when we talk about being able to create lanes, and like he closed his barbershop, he's on the road. I think it's unique that we have four of us on here and we're all using um, the, the, the barbering right. and creating yeah. the other platforms. You know, you're doing the social media thing. You're doing the traveling barber where you close your shops down. Shy and I are only cutting, but you know, we're working to, to elevate the, the podcast and we're all coming together for the greater good of our industry. You know what you I'm know saying? What I love, and and love all doing too, it fellas. together. So I, love I, I think fact that even though it is about barbering, it hasn't been about a haircut yet. Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> you understand? We're having a barber conversation, and it shit that has it has nothing to do with cutting hair, who's the best, who's the sharper, who does this. It's literally barbers from all over America, bro, just really coming together and really, you know what I'm saying, like really thinking together instead of really, you know, trying to shit on each other, trying to one-up each other. It's really like, yo, bro, we in the I mean, ultimately, no matter what stage of your career you're in, we're barbers, bro. Like, you feel me? And I, you, the tell, you, and I tell you what, bro. And I tell you what, all this stuff, all this stuff that like the networking and, and like I you said, connecting barbers. That's... This all, this all was. We all got trained in the barbershop, bro. Talking to clients, networking. Yeah, you know, trying yeah, to find bro. out what people That's do. A fact. 
That's well, a fact. As a barber, as a barber, yeah. we all as barbers, bro. We all as barbers, you know, we know how to talk, bro. We know how to express ourselves. We know how to take people's, you know what I'm saying, people's opinions and people's everyday issues and work with them and go home and just be regular. Not knowing how much information we soak in on a daily basis from, you know what I'm saying, hundreds of people. Psychologically, bro. Exactly. Yeah. To me, that's that's one of the most uh, valuable things that I've found in this podcast, honestly. Um, and and that that in itself has to be a nod to Ash. That's 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 this is his idea. This is his baby. And again, I I do not waste my time extending my appreciativeness of it because I work my ass off to try to show him that I am appreciative of everything that he put in to make it what it is. And, and what I'm, what I mean by when I say that is, like you said, we we trained. You you get daily life skills as a barber. Every and day. If you a barber slash husband slash father, oh buddy, you getting it's some different. training for that ass. You getting it from all yeah. levels. And and it's a conversation we was having earlier in here. I think one of the reasons, because if you go back and look at the history of barbering, barbers were commit were considered as important as the priests were to the church. When the church was closed, only the barber and the priest were allowed to go into church for two reasons. One, because the barber was the person who held the their thumb. Their their thumb was firmly on the post the post of the community. Second reason being in most cases the barber was the priest. If you go back further than that, most barbers were considered in villages as shaman, right? They were the witch doctors, they were the dentists, they were the barber, they were the counselor, they were the uh, family therapists, they were uh, the leader, the pillars of the community. So when you look at the industry and, and the way that it's going, we're receiving all, all this daily training. And I believe, this is my belief, Barbers are unique, special, selected individuals. Because if you have any time in this industry, you'll quickly learn that you have to be able to understand and negotiate your life as a human being before you can fully immerse yourself in this business because you're going to take on a lot. You're going to take on more than what most people can handle. That's a fact. That's the transition right there. I feel like that's what transition from a dude cutting hair to you saying, yo, you know what? I'm a barber, bro. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of dudes cutting hair at this point because they think it's just about money. But really understanding, like, yo, bro, you became a barber. It's like the switch. That's when you kind of like, oh, you start understanding. Like, you start even working, like, say, working in a barbershop. You know, when I used to work in a barbershop, I took I took ownership in a barbershop. I'll sweep the whole barbershop up. I'll go clean the barbershop just because I, I took pride into what it was, bro. Like, I'm like, no matter if these dudes don't clean it, I got to make the shop look clean because my clients is coming here. And I don't want my clients seeing the mess. Like, you get me? I don't want my clients doing this. Why don't I, I, you, so I always try to present myself in the best manner possible. And I feel like that's something that, that once you become a barber and really care about the craft, it's just natural kind of behaviors that start happening. Same thing is like when you start learning how to balance the family, kids, and the barbershop. You know, when I first started cutting hair and I had a daughter real young, I had a daughter at 20 years old. So I feel like the only thing I needed from my daughter was money to make it happen. And as I'm going through the struggles of life, I'm starting to understand, like, wow, the least thing that I needed was money. I needed a lot of time with my kids. And I had to sacrifice a lot of that time 
I had to sacrifice a lot of that time just because I was trying to hit a certain goal. You get me? And it's just things that I got to go through. Thank God God gave me a second opportunity to have a, a daughter again. And the mechanics, of, the way things working out now with my daughter is way different as far as like, bro, I put my daughter to sleep every day, bro. I see my daughter on the day. I wake up to her and I put her to sleep. And that to me means so much more. And not yeah. only that, but I'm doing the best in my career possible now. And it's because I was able to balance, you know what I'm saying, what my priorities is. Like, as a barber, you know what it is, bro? Us as barbers, we tend to give people so much fucking priority at all times that we forget that we're people too. On New Year's, hey, hey. on New hey, Year's, hey, on, New Year's on Christmas, on New Year's, on Christmas, on holidays, on your birthday, your mom, we got to be understanding for every situation. But if you really look at it, clients don't give us the same energy back. If it's a client's birthday, and you're really? off that day, he gonna look at you like, damn, bro, you can't come me, but it's my birthday. He don't give a fuck what you got going on, bro. Like, it's his birthday. Like, the whole day is his birthday. Like, you don't got nothing to do with the fact that we have been able to sacrifice so much for these people, bro. That's why I feel like when you, when, that's when I feel like the value comes in. Once, once people start to understand your value, that's when things flip. That's when the value, that's when the money goes up. That's when they're understanding you, besides just a barber, you're a, a person. You know, they, they understand you got kids. They understand you got a wife. They understand you got family. They understand that there's shit that matters to you, too, as a person. Like, a barber is a job. So what, like, people people will want to see you at your best. Yeah. They understand. Yeah. And if, here's, here's the beautiful thing. Like you said, the, the separation and the transition. I love how you put that. And you've, you've kept that point, that narrative throughout this whole time you've been on, and I love it. Here's what where I, I learned that I had an experience today, right? Well, not today, but last week. But I think that the more that you create that separation from what a haircutter is and a barber is, and the more you create that transition between the two, the people who you attract as clients are going to understand that you are a barber, you are a father, you are a husband, you are a coach, you are a pastor, you are a this, a that, and the other, right? They're going to also understand the importance of that thing being in balance in your life for you to be at your best for them and how they deal with you on a professional level, right? Here's my example of that. Last week, the weather crazy here in Murfreesboro. It's crazy everywhere. But last, I have sinuses bad, so I had a sinus infection last week. This is how I knew that I already felt that my, my clientele base had transitioned a long time ago, but this is how I confirmed it. Last week, I had to cancel 62 haircuts. 62 haircuts I had to cancel because I just was not in any position, any shape to come in here and cut hair. Whereas I could have had that dog mentality and just came in here and muscled through it. I felt like it wasn't considerate to come in here hacking, snotting, coughing, sneezing, looking like crap, not only for the clients that were coming in to see me, but the other barbers in the shop too. And that, I felt like it would have been unprofessional for me. At that point, I'm not being an example of what I want to see, right? I canceled those 60 plus appointments and damn that every single appointment I canceled, not only rescheduled with no problem. Half of them started trying to pay me for their fucking haircuts. And I kept trying to send people money back. I'm I'm not canceling because I'm down. I'm just I'm not feeling good. Right. I time to rest. Hey, right. And they, what they what they thought what they they thought I was sick like 
COVID sick, so they like, oh, he can't work this week. Here, we finna, I'm gonna pay uh -oh. you, and I'm gonna schedule this week. You can take care of whatever you need to take care of bill-wise, right? Gotcha. So it's like, no, I'm, I'm good on that. It's just, I need the rest. The other half, we're sending messages like, if you need anything, let me know. They were checking on me the next day. How you feeling? You good? Not because they trying to get their hair cut. You good? How you feeling? Have you tried taking this? Have you tried this? Try this. Oh, my wife was telling me that she she been putting elderberry in my coffee and I ain't know it. You should try that. Value. That Value. It immediately made it make sense to me. Like Value, bro. You have value. You have value within your clientele. You have value within your community. Absolutely. And, it, and it, 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 it made me realize that when we first start out with this shit, we casting the biggest net we can to get as many people when we can so we can get the chest spinning, we can get the reps, we can get the da-da-da-da-da-da-da, all that shit, right? As you get older in this and you mature in this, you understand that the pursuit of success is equally as important as the pursuit of balance. You have to maintain and find some kind of balance. You have to, bro. That you have to. Self or provide success for you. You find balance, you'll find success. It's they they're one and the same. Yeah, hundred percent, bro. Because bro, you can have all the money and and really be do. You could be you could have all the money and be a slave to that chair, bro. Yeah. I was thinking that same word, slave. You could be a slave. I was to that chair because bro, I, I, feel, I, feel, I feel victim to that, bro. I feel yeah. I felt a slave to the chair where it got to the point where it's like at times you always like, damn, I'm tired of cutting hair, bro. Like I don't want to do this no more. Like yeah. it almost like and that and, and, and back to the other point, bro, just just how you said that your clients were taking care of you. Another thing that I just want to touch on real quick is the fact that we said that, you know, barbers they want to they want to get a, a hundred dollars a haircut. But what what also comes with that is the fact that when a client is paying you the high, they want you to be there consistently. So as much as imagine if they don't care about you, if they don't care about you when they paying you thirty, when they paying you a hundred, bro, they want you to fucking jump. They want to say, "Yo, bro, jump right here, bro." For real. Yo, jump yeah, right here, bro, because because I'm paying you a hundred. Right. Now I don't want to hear, bro, bro. You cannot be two minutes late, bro, because I'm paying you a hundred. Bro, you cannot you cannot give me two minutes after you're supposed to be done because I'm paying you a hundred. Yeah. So that honey comes with a lot of responsibility right. too, bro. That a lot of barbers not willing to compromise with. That's what I forgot to say earlier. Right. I forgot to That's bring that up, bro. Heck, I, I think you you can vouch for me on this, bro. I know you can vouch for me on this because you already did earlier. One thing I forgot to bring up about the whole Jalen Rose conversation thing. Jalen Rose made a statement and said what he said, and and then it it lit the bar. World and client world on fire, right? I think this, right? Here's the part that a lot of people didn't catch. Jalen Rose is a uh, entertainment professional who traveling to do his job in entertainment and, and be a professional in that job. His presentation is important because, like you said earlier, heck, he's being recorded and presented to the world, left, right, up, down. He got, but the part that people not catching is what Jalen Rose is paying a hundred dollars for. Let's say he paying a hundred dollars because I think he paying more because we know we all know who his barber is. Right. But if Jalen Rose is paying a hundred dollars for that, understand how underpriced that haircut a hundred dollars, considering that you have to be a barber, stop wherever you are, whenever you are, to go to him, pack up your shop, your stuff to take it to him. 
meet him where he is, cut his hair on his right. time frame, and then get back to where you're going to either be with your family or finish out the rest of your day. $100 is undervalued. A lot of people didn't catch that part. A lot of people, clients or potential clients, don't understand. That's part of that conversation we had earlier where people don't understand the logistics yeah. of how price, how much it costs to do services that are above and beyond or convenience services. It's a lot that goes into that. It's a lot to be considered before you offer those services. Well, look, I'm going to tell you this. If you just think think about, I'll say an Uber from where I'm located at right now to New York City, one way is maybe $120, $100. Say $100, just the Uber. Just the Uber. Back and forth, that's 200 Plus, they, you get me? So you got to understand, like, where, 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 where the, like you said, where the value is at and where you're supposed to be at with it. You get Absolutely. me? You got to understand if it's worth your time, if it's worth your clientele if it's worth if you're doing good the thing is that like like we said bro we just get caught up in the instagram thing thinking now uh, oh we put a, a celebrity picture up i'm lit people get look at me like i'm not knowing you already in this situation you gotta, if you got if you got if you got if you got a full schedule bro you ahead of the you ahead of the game hey beautiful you I, about the bad, bro. I have to get off this live man because if not, man, I'm gonna be here all day. <laughs> yeah, right. We're gonna, we're gonna facts, man. Hey, bro, we, we appreciate your energy, bro. You you came with all the energy tonight, Absolutely. bro. Listen, we we appreciate you considering as as high caliber as a barber you are, where you You still made time to be who you are and, and, and give us some of that time, man. And we want you to know that we do not undervalue it for a second, brother. We really appreciate you that. Thank you. Appreciate y'all, man. Hey, heck, man, we already know we only had like five right. minutes to, to jump on, so most people won't do that, man. I appreciate you. Hey, man, we appreciate it, and, and we appreciate the transparency man, as well. I'm bringing your story with us, you man. Like, like, just like you said, bro, I want to help barbers, bro. Now, you know, all the shit that I'm doing, bro, is possible for anybody, it's just following suit bro you feel me staying consistency is gonna get just consistency is gonna get you where you want to go bro it just depends how far you want to take this you feel me absolutely absolutely so we had heck we we had a lot of people tonight man but before you wrap it up before you guys head out make sure you follow my way out podcast and turn on the bell notifications so that you can get all of our live notifications when we go live every wednesday here on instagram you're not following should have went to heck what the fuck are you doing? You're messing up. You need to go follow him and pay attention to what this brother is putting out because obviously he has a lot more personality than what Instagram allows you to see. So maybe if we start pushing him a little bit more to put some more of that content out there, he'll put some more content out, let us know. I'm going to get on it, bro. I'm going to get on it, fellas. Hey, sure, for sure. Say less. If you're not following Cutflow Drake, again, what the fuck are you doing, bro? The man been putting out pressure. He's still putting out pressure. And if you don't know what the uh, sticky finger dance is, you bullshit. Put that out there, bro. You bullshit. <laughs> so, check out the stick, sticky figure there. Man, <laughs> man, I done woke up about two, three mornings. Oh, can I tell you one thing? Can I tell you one thing? 
I can't even redo it, man. So <laughs> I've been trying because I feel like somebody's gonna ask me to do it, and I'm like, ah, oh, it was just something. Yo, bro, just you gotta, you gotta do that. You gotta do that shit on stage at a show, real quick. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I feel, yo, I feel like I feel like it's gonna get to a point where I'm gonna have to do it on stage. So you I gotta, need to, bro. You need to I start practicing. Get back, get the I gotta figure room. it out. I gotta get my mindset back how I was that night, and, uh, and just do that thing. <laughs> hey, this been. I cut my way out. Live every Yo, fellas, safety, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, bro. I can't give your flowers enough, but I'm going to keep trying, bro. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you, man. Say bye, bye, bye. 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 Appreciate all y'all. Say bye. Bye-bye. Right. Y'all have a good one. All right.